Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio uh, This is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Goodbye and good night, hey Hey folks, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio A day ahead of time, I'm James Boyd Here with me, I'm Rich Lotta, what's going on man? Not much, man. We are here a day ahead of time um, because we live in Central Florida and the hurricanes have, and I'm not talking about Miami, have showed up. Don't be um, scared of them hurricanes at this rate. At, at all. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so like I believe it is Hurricane Ian is yep. circling. Um, I live in Dunedin, Florida, which is like one side of the water. James lives near the other side of the water that's on yeah. this Part. Yeah. So we're like, we're like, well, maybe we should do the show here before we have to skedaddle. Yeah, uh, in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of that, you mentioned Ian, like because you know if you remember <laughs> stupid basketball like thing popped me. Like, are you sure it's Ian and not Jan? Oh my god! Like Jan, I'm like, me. This is the kind of stupid shit we think. Uh, like, pops my mind. Yes. Oh Yon, my god. Y'all, Mahimi is down with the king. <laughs> like it's like that's one thing that we were missing from from this day's NBA. Like famous centers that are only famous for getting dunked on by superstars. That's like you know we, we're yeah, missing like, that. Everybody feels like they they can't sacrifice no minutes to to nobody or like there's just a big step. Where is my like DJ Benga? Like <laughs> like where is they in the league? Like. <laughs> I remember DJ Bengo, like, like, bro, he was also he was a meme guy before the memes took over. This man, DJ Bengo, was like a ninja. He'll whoop anybody's ass in the league, from what I heard. Yeah, there was some dude. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. There was like a dude that was a guard or a wing, a bigger wing in it in the Miami Heat for a few years. Like that, like basically, um, like between LeBron to Bam era. Joel dude, Anthony, not Joel Anthony, but like he was a but. Like he was a dude who was like he like lifetime martial artist like and then like oh James was, Jones 
or James Johnson, excuse me. Yes, James Johnson. That's who it was. It's like, bro, every time it was some type of you know issue, like people people would be immediately grabbing whoever got an issue would be like, bro, you do not want no, this isn't for you. You will find out the wrong way. Um, it will not go well for you. Uh, so it's always interesting to find out that people would like, you know, <laughs> the quote unquote NBA shooters. Yes. <laughs> like, and I don't mean like Charles Oakley shooters. That's a different type of shooter. That's just, that is your standard general tough guy. Like mm-hmm. people that are like, as opposed to like a, just a, 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 a gigantic hammer is just a, a scalpel or a chisel. Like somebody that will just dissect you and, and you, you know, you, you know, you're you, going here you there, no and there and everywhere. You don't necessarily know everybody, even though it's a cool connected thing or whatever else. And, you know, sometimes tip, you know, tippers get the best of everybody. And you next thing you know, you have like taught yourself into trying to scrap with some six, seven, th- third degree martial art black belt. <laughs> you fucking idiot. You in for trouble, bro. You are in for trouble. <sighs> I, yeah. I, look, bro, I know you tough. I know you tough. You, you. It's not. It's not about the toughness. Sometimes it's about just the skill. Like you know, how the NBA like players. You just ill equipped. Right, right. Like you, you haven't sculpted this. You haven't spent your life fighting. You've, you you know, you're working on your, you know, your flick, you know, in the hand or whatever else. You weren't working on these like like they were. <laughs> like you, I'm sure you had to scrub and think about it. Like once you get to, you know, once you get above like six foot four, ain't too much scrapping going down for you. Yeah. Unless you, like- unless, unless. You got siblings that are also your size, or like you're in the penitentiary. You went, and, yeah, or you went through football. That, that's, that was pretty much about it. it pretty much or, some, time. Or, some, or some kind of armed forces. Yeah, yeah, but that's pretty much that's pretty much it. The only time you ever have to like you know really do that, unless you you know you go to places where people want to try you, you know, like the place that Undertaker likes to talk about. He he was going to where he had to take his gun before he went to the WWE locker room. But whatever. Uh, wh- what were we talking about? <laughs> Classic. What were we talking about? Um, yeah, no idea, man. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about Miami Hurricanes. Then we oh, talked yeah. about uh, Yama Hemi being down with the king, getting, getting dunked on, and we. Oh, the hurricane, the hurricane. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Uh, the, or the hurricane. In a couple, yeah. in, yes, in about the next, you know, four or twenty-four to forty hours, a hurricane that is um, just south of Cuba as of right now will be heading towards. Uh, Florida. We don't know where it's headed. We don't know if it's headed like like up our alley, um, or if it will be more offset of that and headed offset. Quavo take off anyway, uh, or headed more towards like the panhandle of the state. But either way, like uh, depending on how or where this thing is headed over the next you know roughly day or so, like uh, we might need to get out of here. Um, you know, like not even as far as, far as like personal safety or as far as, or as, far as like a, a fear of flooding necessarily, but just as like, yeah, man, uh, electricity being out for a day or two is going to suck. It's going to be disastrous. Yeah, it's going to suck. So um, we'll see how this goes. Uh, but, um, you know, um, I, don't, I don't think you have to be too concerned about us right now, but, you know, just something to look be on the lookout for. But, uh, yeah, so what's on the, the docket for today, Rich? Man, um, so <clears throat> actually last week the uh, PWI 500 had came out, and I forgot to mention it as a topic last week. Okay. So I figured we could talk about it this week and um, look at uh, also the Buddy Matthews situation that that kind of broke out on Twitter today. Uh, I guess we could start there. Um, so there was a report um, from Fightful that said Buddy Matthews may be done with AW for a while or at least on his way out. Sources tell Fightful. 
After this week's uh, Rampage Grand Slam, uh, Fightful was informed that the Great Muda spot was a way. Yes, the Great Muda spot, if you did not see the show, <laughs> was a way to write off Matthews uh, off television for the time being. Uh, we weren't given context as to whether or not Matthews was being released, but had heard numerous times over the past uh, couple months that he'd expressed dissatisfaction regarding his situation. Specifics of that aren't known yet. Uh, one source contacted FIFO after the NYC tapings and said they believed it was Buddy's last night, but that hasn't been confirmed. Um, Buddy was at an indie show and said uh, to the audience, unfortunately, tonight I'm going to be the bearer of some unfortunate news. As everyone knows, House of Black has had some issues lately. As all the members of the house, I speak beyond the wall. We want to thank you for all being members of the house. Unfortunately, I, like some of the other members, need to go away for a while. I need to recalibrate. I need to figure out some things. As my brother Malachi once said, this isn't goodbye. This is see you later. Um, of course, Malachi Black is also effectively done with AEW, with sources indicating that he's unable to wrestle for WWE for quite some time. Um yeah, so all of this, like, it, is this the new code? Like when when they talk about, yeah, I gotta go recalibrate. Uh, I'm gonna be seeing you soon. I'll, I'll come by back later. Like, is this the new? Is this a new new grift that that's going on out here? Grift, like, what are they coming up on by calling the, by by them announcing it that way? They're basically like, it seems like they're trying to hide it in this. Uh, like this veil of like personal turmoil and all this stuff. I don't know. Like people changing jobs is kind of, kind of is a crossroads type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know uh, Buddy Matthews well personality well enough to know how he handles these sorts of things. But uh, what I will say is that like, if they if they want to go to WWE, let them. Same way oh, I yeah. felt. Same way that I felt like when it came to people that want to leave WWE and go to <laughs> AEW. I do not care. I do not have brand loyalty to either one of these promotions in that kind of way. Like I grew up in the '90s with WCW and WWF and Rick Rude appearing on the same week's edition of Nitro and and Raw. I do not give a fuck. Like so, if they if they want to, you know, play this game of ping ponging back and forth, let them have let it happen. Because ultimately, um. As good as I think Malachi and uh, and Buddy are as talents in the ring, like they have not a- appeared to prove themselves to be like that level of we cannot let them get them type of person. Otherwise, they would be in situation where like they wouldn't have gone through this thing like they've gone through it in the last uh, year, year and a half, whatever you want to call it. So, um, and there's a lot going on, like with um, some kind of coded things that have have come out, like in recent weeks. Like, you know, when Tony was talking about, he expected his relationship to be different with WWE um, going forward. And, and that was a lot also of cool. were, a lot. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and, and a lot of people were like, you know, keying that into like, uh, you know, several people asking for their releases, seemingly to go back to WWE, mm-hmm. and it's like he was like alluding to like, you know, more tampering going on, and uh, he basically. I remember at one point was begging for people to ask him about it, but just no one kind of did. So that was, um, that was kind of weird, but yeah, I, I feel like if they don't want to be there, let the ass go. Like there's like, there's, and there's a lot that has been happening as far as like, you know, TK signed a lot of people in the last year that came <clears throat> from WWE main roster, 
that came from working in uh, the black and gold NXT Bobby Fish, another one. We saw him pop up uh, in Impact, which is fucking hilarious after he got um, outed as a um, like basically he was trying to get Adam Cole and um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, who's recovering from neck surgery to ask for their releases to go back to WWE. Um, if these people want Triple H to be their daddy, like, like go, like, see, like that now shit. You, that see, shit now you're not, being, now you're being insulting. Now, now you're taking from a place of being insulting and, and throwing pot, pot shots yeah. at people about this yeah. daddy thing, right? I'm yeah. not doing that. I don't. Yeah. I really do not care. Like, if you want to go there, you have a better, uh, you have better relationship with one booker than the other one. That's some shit I will take into consideration too. Who wouldn't? But uh, Bobby Fist, too old to be acting like this. I, like. I mean, <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree. Like, it, and look, we don't know the whole story on that. Like, that story left alone of like, oh, like, there's been this string over the last, like, what, few weeks that, like, former WWE talents have been reached out to about leaving AEW to come back to WWE now magically after Triple H has uh, taken over uh, the book at the top. And, like, all of a sudden, like, he's gone, that story comes out, like, People have been fired for people have been fired for that kind of shit. Like, it's not that it's not so much that Bobby Fish got tampered with as much as it is like Bobby Fish heard heard this and allegedly like went to two other more important talents and said, "Hey, me, you, and you, let's all go back." That's a problem. People get fired for that. Like niggas, you know that's that's some double agent type shit. Yes. So. And, you know, from everything I heard, like, Cole was like, hell no, like, and may have, like, uh, you know, basically told TK about it. There are rumors, like, you know, uh, there are other people like Swerve uh, was reportedly uh, reached out to. Um, there was a, I, like, people were talking about Andrade. Um, they're basically, um, you know, there, there's a there's a part of the story where a lot of these people have significant others that still are in WWE, mm-hmm. which there are very dark rumors that are out there that I do not feel comfortable speaking on the air about. Um, they, <laughs> um, like, and as far as like, you Lothario know, Negro. Yes. You, you, you need to stop. Yes. You need to stop. <laughs> this is not a place where you speculate about stuff like that. I think you know <laughs> us well enough now to know that we don't really go there. Uh, but, that's what I mentioned. Dark rumors that I will not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ain't, we ain't touching upon none of that speculation. Like, if, if, you know, <laughs> in in the words of in the words of our forefathers, don't get me to lying. Uh, so, <laughs> like, I, can't, I, can't, I, I don't want to touch that one at all. Um, but I think um, you know. And, and you know we, we talked about like um you know the the AW fan base and, and, and embracing guys and and why certain guys are getting cheered why it feels like some guys are slower to get warmed up to I think like you know a lot of this stuff is like you know I, I've seen a lot of people like yo and I made the uh, joke today I was like man maybe maybe Kane was right uh, you know maybe uh, he, he they shouldn't hire eighty percent of the roster like <laughs> and that shit ended up with like five hundred likes so it's like. Like people like you know really want to root for like the the guys that have been on the journey like um it, and it feels like last couple of weeks it, it's been like this refocusing of um of this uh like you know the pillars and uh, like Garcia and that and that that group and um, the Lucha Brothers uh, getting get shine and Pack and Orange Cassidy and best friends and uh you know the the people that were on top like Mox and Jericho and stuff like that and it's like 
Yeah, man. Like people are um, seeing these these the stuff like the Bobby Fish stuff, like this Malachi Black. These people acting up, and like nothing's warming them up to the audience. Um, guys that I do think the audience are warming up to, Swerve, Lee, and what are they not doing? Basically twerking for Triple H on the timeline. Like, like people are not like people see through a lot of this stuff right now. So um, it is. <clears throat> going to be interesting uh coming up because there are way too many good wrestlers right now still for both companies like there are like it's funny how nxc served as like that third like place to like put people now and we they still have um like wwe is gonna have gonna run into a problem too because they don't have like enough spots to push everyone neither is aw so People are going to try to try to you know get to wherever they think uh, they can make the, the biggest impact, but maybe CM Punk was on to something. It was like the grass is greenest where you water it, and and really try to you know do it. And um, I, I think it's good. Like with uh, in, in AW's case, like if people want to go, uh, let them. Like <laughs> like right. there's no, no there's no reason to to poison the locker room um, with malcontents uh, and you know. People and, and the thing with, with AEW though, they do like honor all the deals. This is not a company that like, you know, people are just getting fired. Like it is like, yo, your contract runs to this date. You're getting paid to this date. So there's like, like when people want to leave there, it's like, huh? And, yeah, yeah. And and even while that is happening, <clears throat> you're having people throwing pity parties for people that got their contracts honored throughout the duration of it, and, and people are upset they get, didn't get extended. And then you have fuckers. Empty-headed dumb fucks coming on TV and talking about workers' rights. So, 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 like, yes, it, it's it's amazing that like Tony Khan is like literally not literally like almost unless you are doing something like um yeah like uh, having like it's like yeah fire, Jimmy, fireable like, offense Jimmy unless you're doing something that's like you a fireable offense or I mean uh, who else who else did something like the day before he's going to debut. Um, uh, Daniels's friend, uh, uh champion, yeah, uh, Kendrick. Like, when he did that, like, unless you're one of those kind of people that fuck up in that kind of way, and you sign a contract, you will, your contract will be honored for the duration of your contract. It's almost like a no-cut contract except for, like, a morals clause. Just don't fuck up. And then, like, if it is, for some people, apparently, that's still not even enough. So, like, I don't know, yeah. man. It's 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 it's, it's it, really strange. It's really strange. Um, I, uh, in, that, in that particular respect of it, where we are with, like, uh, I guess some of the fandom at certain points in certain sex but uh yeah i just think that um you know everybody believes in themselves and i think that's for the best and like if some people are gonna be right some people are gonna be wrong and we'll see or yeah. you know some things that will work out and some things won't in conjunction with all that kind of stuff and we'll see um but yeah like you know this is the this is the beauty of having two major Amer- american pro wrestling uh promotions that like you're not just stuck being miserable if or feeling stuck if you don't want to be. Yeah, at least from at least right now on the AEW side, WWE is obviously playing a different game. Uh, but like, I you know I think that you know from a perspective standpoint, that only makes them look worse. Who? WWE when it comes to like AEW, if you are unhappy, we'll let you go um, under certain conditions, if you will. WWE, they ain't letting you go. Like it'll take your ass home. Like like yeah. pack. 
like back in the day. Right. For what was that a over <laughs> a year? He was he won a lot of wrestling. Yeah, maybe more than that. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think a lot of a lot of wrestlers got to look themselves in the mirror too. Like, um, and as far as like, you know, if you're a creative person and you're smart and you're driven and like not lazy, AEW is like the place you want to be because you're going to have that creative freedom and you're going to have the ability to pitch yourself. And it seems like if you are kind of waiting for like to be, to be like uh, given like, you know, whatever you're going to do or um, like, you might want to look at like WWE, like they they still got script writers. They still got people like, you know, coming up with all the storylines and all that. Um, Like I look at, I look at Swerve and, and how he's, he's basically heated up. It's been six months since he's been in AEW been a champion um he's gone up and established himself he's had it incredibly like um good pay-per-view matches and then like television matches as well he's pulled ratings and it's like he's doing all these things like within the company and beyond the company and really making himself this asset that he made himself in nxt as well Never forget, this man had his own podcast on Peacock yeah, and the WWE Network before. So it was like, this has always kind of been like his MO. And, you know, for someone like Swerve, this works like easier for him because it's like AEW's always been open to the outside opportunities like of uh, trying to make yourself bigger and make the company bigger uh, right. at the same time. Um, and the I WWE think he, likes that too. It's only going to get a cut. Indeed. And therein lies... The rub, indeed. Um, like it was like. Remember, we were joking about like you know the the podcast. Everybody twitches, twitches, and that sort of thing, and like OnlyFans and that kind of stuff. Like they was trying to turn them niggas into having three sixty deals. Like, yes. These are not. These are not like musical artists. These are wrestlers. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, right. Like at, at least when you're signed to a record deal, like. You are in theory an employee of them. You getting in you, you get an advance, blah 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 blah. Like uh, that, no. Your independent contract is still in t- all technicality. Like it, it's weird, man. You remember it's that weird. that uh, WWE owns my face shit that AJ Styles was talking about? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, so it was like you know this is like Vince McMahon's like you know he owns this or oh, whatever. That's like yeah, that was the whole whole thing. So. um yeah, man. Um, as far like, I don't think this is um, any real kind of loss. Um, and, and you know, I talked about um, Malachi Black last week. You know, a lot of big ideas. Probably, um, I we, like we don't know what was pitched and, and what was denied, but something happened. Um, and as far as Matthews goes, um, you know, those be the breaks. Um, <laughs> it is my dream to do four world class in the PC. Jesus, um, the issue uh, is that, I, I, they're they're at a stage where they ain't got to go through all that. So like, the issue is that Malachi Black was on the main roster. So actually, both of them were already in the main roster. They they don't yeah. have to do that. Yeah, it's a good uh, joke Bill, though. But you know, <laughs> Bill's Mafia. At this point, if someone wants out of AEW, they're telling me they don't want to grind. They have no good ideas for themselves. That TK can work. <laughs> they're funny for the grind. <laughs> I'm saying so. That's funny. So, I mean, look at the schedule too. Like, um, like you're still it's still like one taping a week, and they're doing house shows again. So, um, I think there is something to consider about this generation of wrestlers. 
um, is that these wrestlers want to wrestle and like be used and like have great matches more. And it's not necessarily about like how much you're getting paid. I believe Dave's talked about this. Um, and it's not necessarily about like, you know, like making that good check. It's not, it's not there. It's like, they really want to do work. They're proud of. And if they don't feel like they're getting like that time, like there's a lot and, and you know, there's a lot about, um, you know, the, these guys that are different from, you know, say Kevin, Kevin Nash would not want that as nearly as much. He would be happy. Uh, he would be happy to show up every six weeks. <laughs> yeah. Because Kevin Nash is how tall again? Seven foot. Yeah. Kevin Nash at six foot two doesn't have the same options that Kevin Nash at seven foot does. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like we we all know that like depending on what you bring to the table, you get you have you can you can uh you have different types of uh you have different opportunities available to you. So like yeah, like Kevin Nash, especially back then, when like wrestlers were getting, you know, stupid money, um for the level of output they have to, you know, or effort they have to put into their matches or their uh their angles or whatever else, like, yeah. I, I could I could see why like oh I don't care whatever like I got over at a certain thing I was on top over here I can go over here where there are marks from people that were on top over there and you know and ha- was it favorite nations yep and get favorite nations oh cool you're bringing this on so I'm gonna make more money than them I don't, I don't care <laughs> I don't care like he has no incentive to, tr- to care and that was what led to the destruction of the two of the two labels that we had at the time uh but. That's not to, not to say like Kevin Ash has led to destruction of WCW. I'm not getting into that, even though it was part he's Booker at some point. But whatever, I'm not getting into that. Not, getting, not that's for another podcast later time. Uh, but back to what I was saying, like just dudes are built different. People value things differently. Uh, people have different heroes. People have different influences. And like overwhelmingly, like uh, the era of people now, like they want to work hard in in the ring. They don't want to, you know have matches that like make them think of like oh this person drew blah 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 they're so great and then like everybody rags them on how fucking lazy they were and how the matches were formulaic or blah 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 blah. like people care people care that magic when matches make tape like you you heard you know people talk about that like when people know magic gonna be on tv they get amped up they want to do crazier shit or whatever else or or try harder or whatever else like they don't want to be out class or or be you know fine to have some match be out there lacking like obviously you know for some people, like a Darby Allen, like a Will Ospreay, this might be, or, you know, Dragon Lee, that might be for Ray Phoenix, tons of the psychopaths. Maybe it's for the, maybe, maybe the, that is, uh, the downturn of it is like people's bodies are going to worn out even more, even though we're, you know, far more advanced medically, um, and also in physical training. But yeah, like people are motivated by like wanting to be the best in a way that like back then it was like the best meant something different. The best was like, how many bus can you put in the seats? How, you know, how much merch can you sell? How much can you get away with by doing the absolute least? Like that was the idea of working. Now it's like everybody is on, is mostly on the up and up with this shit being fake. And like the people that mostly care about this stuff are people that like watch this stuff for totally different reasons. And like we're motivated by the people that were like the, the people that are influential, you know, like the, you know, super J cut 94 people, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's kind of where we are in the game. Um, I don't think there's wrong, obviously, I, whatever your objective is in this business, like, I hope that people are able to be talented enough to reach it, whether it's you know, put on all the great matches they want to or 
you know, put butts in seats and be charismatic, blah, 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 blah. It, it doesn't matter. Like, those are all needed to make this work anyway. So, just be good. Put on good stuff. Make me happy. Make me proud. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I guess the next uh, place we should go is the uh, the PWI 500 that came out um, this past or the past couple weeks. So, um, shout out to the PWI staff for putting a list together, um, throwing it out there. But this list, weird, man. Weird. Weird for PWI standards. Um, I am someone that has always like kind of been interested in the PWI 500 back mm-hmm. since like the 90s. Um, obviously, we know it's a kayfabe thing. It's right. very heavily like wins and losses, mm-hmm. or at least how it traditionally is. Wins, yeah. losses, activity. And um, one thing that always gets forgotten is like when people... <laughs> go over this stuff it seems it's like every single year it always the cutoff date is what like it is from base like the from basically somewhere between june and july of every single year it's like the cutoff yeah. date um so and people july often to forget june this. or some shit like that yeah yeah it was like the last day of june from last year to uh, july 1st this year i think or mm-hmm. or july or june whatever it's basically june july is some cut is a cutoff between 2021 to 2022 uh I saw the list at first, and I've already forgotten because it was a, it was a minute ago. So I last look at it, looked at it, but I, I saw the top two. I saw the top one, thought number one made sense. Saw number two, and was like, really? Um, and then I forgot the rest of it. I was kind of surprised by two, to be honest with you. I guess so. <clears throat> we'll go with the um, we'll go with the top ten here, and then like I'll like once the top ten are out, we'll talk about like eleven through twenty and shit like that. Okay. Um. So number ten was Jonathan Gresham. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Big E. Mm-hmm. Number eight, El Hijo Del Vikingo. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. Number six, Cody Rhodes. Number five, Bobby Lashley. Number four, Hangman Page. Number three, CM Punk. Number two, Kazushko Okada, and number one, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, when I'm when I'm thinking about like the, and I don't know their, if their criteria have changed, like, and they've added these these. these well, little, they stated like, the criteria when I read it, and when I read it, 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 made, it made no sense. It's like it seems like they didn't really adhere to this, and then they had a vision of what they wanted to do and emphasize. Um, while rewarding weird agendas uh, and also really rewarding WWE and the value but, of WWE. But, you know, they've always done that. To be fair, they've always done right. that. Um, <clears throat> so um, when I look at Roman Reigns and he, he's had six matches this calendar year, I'm like, I feel like the rules are modified in a sense to make him number one. So whatever. Um <laughs> But I think Jonathan Gresham, Big E, and Cody Rhodes being in the top ten. Uh, add show. one more person. Add one more person. Who's number uh, eight? Uh, Vikingo. Yeah, add him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's like, great, but like, what? They don't care about the like. The only reason why he's rated, the only reason why he's there, he's mega champion, and they don't even care about belts in, in Mexico or at least in AAA. So, what are we doing? Like like Gresham was was inactive for a huge period. He 
generated nothing business wise. Um, his promotion uh, terminus, I don't even believe he was winning matches in it. He dropped the Ring of Honor title as soon as like possible um, with with, with uh, the the promotion uh, he was in, and he wasn't really impressive or anything uh, in his AEW appearances. The final battle show, like. I don't know if that's enough for a top 10 ranking. I think that's a really bad ranking. Um, Compared to who's not in the top 10, yeah. Yes, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Big E, we know the amount, of lo- the amount of losses and losing for a guy that hasn't wrestled since January, James. Right. What is he doing on this on Well, this people list? feel bad for him, and obviously there's a reason to feel bad for him, but if you're trying to do the list objectively, he missed a certain amount of time, which is no fault of his own because something tragic happened to him. Absolutely. Right. But... <clears throat> But number nine. But his resume. But his resume is his resume, right? And it wasn't gonna get better, right? But number nine, like right. there's there's no way in hell he should be at number nine. If, if you talk about someone that hasn't worked since um, the end of January, got completely dominated as a champion, win loss wise, right? Uh, dropped the belt to Brock Lesnar in just hilarious fashion. Uh, they beat him over and over, and, and told you he was a second class world champion. I thought wins and losses mattered in PWI. Apparently not. Um, Vikingo, I think that's dopey lucha pick, and leave it at that. Which is weird um, because like that wasn't. I, I don't recall. I, I have to look through, but I don't recall any like, you know, any other champion like from Mexico like being high like this. And like we all, and we also know this, Rich. A lot more people, in like in America watch Puro and even Joshi than they do Lucha Libre. So it's like, how do you come up with this list? Like, like as far check as this out. it was weird, so it's weird. I'm looking, I'm looking at the top 50, right? I can't even see another Mexican. Oh, excuse me. The only other Mexican wrestler looks like is psycho clown at number 41. Oh, excuse me. There's also bandito. Okay. At 31. Okay. So I was going to be like, but Rich, Hold who, on. who's the actual top star in triple a psycho clown. All right, then. And what number was Psycho Clown? 41. 41 and 8. Hmm. <laughs> um, now, Cody Rhodes. Uh, I haven't talked about Cody in what seems to be a long time here. Uh, he's, been I will off, not, he's been off air. He's been off air, exactly. And and also, um, we are talking about July of last right. year. Right. Through... June no, no, of no, this year. You're right, which means we he only was around from the, the start of the date of the, of the period. He may have left, had one of his like absences in AEW, came back, left it at the beginning of January. Disappeared right? for months and months. Showed up at WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania this year, and then two months later was off TV. We're, what are like, we doing here? He, and he never won a title. He never won a Money in the Bank. Never won a Royal Rumble. He won the TNT title and immediately lost it. Right, right, right. Like I forgot how long the date was, but like it, it, it doesn't make any like. So basically, you're putting him in the top ten based off of two great months in WWE where he never won anything of significance in three matches. And, I, and I'm right. not knocking him because two months was great, right? <clears throat> like, but it was still two months nonetheless. So like that, like at number out six. of twelve months. So. And, and, and we think about how uneven, and, and this is supposed to be a kayfabe thing, right? Right. How uneven he was in kayfabe in AEW. So it's like, 
are you what part of this are you rewarding? That's what I want to know. Well, even that, like he was a champ. He was he was the champion of the he's the champion of of the secondary men's title. For how long was it? How long was it? He wanted he wanted in December, right? Yeah. And he lost it. What like 14, 15, two, three weeks? Was it three yeah. weeks? Like he missed uh, a couple weeks with with COVID jail. I think it was right. essentially the end of January. And then did he, he win never, it? Did he win it? Winter's coming or? No, he won it on Rampage uh, Christmas night. Okay, so he won it on Christmas. He lost it before, like, President's Day and was got the company. Right. And then he showed up for two months to WWE. Like, uh, that that doesn't scream top ten to me. Yeah, that's that's really bad. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know whether Gresham or his is worse, but I'm looking at both of those, like, and this I, isn't I, traditional look, Rich Latta doesn't I, dig I Cody Rhodes, Jonathan Gresham. This is like, this holds up to no scrutiny, especially when you talk about number 11, Shingo Takagi, yeah. who main event of Wrestle Kingdom, albeit in a loss, right? Um, who was the IWGP champion for most of the, the period last year in 2021, yeah. right? Who had all those great matches, put New Japan on his back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, John Moxley, how about that guy? Like, who's yeah. who never gets pinned, um, who missed a few, like a month and a half, maybe. How long did he miss at the end of last weeks. year? Okay. He was gone for 12 weeks, right? And then he came back January through the end of June, won the tournament again, main event in pay-per-view, was on TV winning left and right, um, and basically is in the uh, the, the driver's seat for Flair Thaz right now, right? Yeah. And him being at 12 behind Jonathan Gresham is an absolute joke. Um, uh, behind Big E, joke. Uh, behind Cody, joke. Behind Danielson, I don't know. Um, Danielson has a lot to, you know, he's he's taking some big losses in that period. Yeah, but he took a few. They were only to the to the best of the best. Right. So, um, you know, you want to start talking about Lashley? Like, I I don't really have a problem with with Lashley. They were they were pushing him to a, to a big extent. Lashley absolutely. Ab- Lashley is absolutely deserving of a top eight five spot, whatever you want to. So I have I have nothing to say bad about Lashley. His spot is one of those that are actually earned in in uh in the kayfabe sense in P- from PWI's perspective. So I ain't got nothing to say on Lashley. Have no notes. They did right. Yep. WWE did all the right things with Lashley. Yep. Same thing uh, with Roman. Like those guys, we're, we're talking about these kayfabe sense. They're absolutely there in the top five. Are you whoever you want to? You know what this is. If you if you gone through PWI, you know that like guys like that are going to be. Way up there, so yeah. but like once you get below that, it's like okay, it's looking kind of weird. Um, yeah. um, it's funny. Matt Cardona at thirteen over uh, the he's lights. He's one of, spot in front of Moxley, uh, or behind Moxley. Oh, behind. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, then there's Josh Alexander, and then ahead of Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, ahead of MJF, ahead of Seth Rollins. Um, Seth Rollins being at seventeen is kind of weird because all he does is lose matches um yeah. so once again i thought this was he's a two and ten or something like that in like his and in like in the <clears> evaluation <throat> period yeah and i'm like well i and thought like this was pwi i thought this had to do with wins and losses yeah. in kayfabe oh yeah. it doesn't it's just wwe just let us know and, that. and then like to be fair like he had a great, a great feud with cody he lost all of them but he you know but that was for a purpose um uh, but like the the when you go through his like resume, when you go through his resume, it's like, oh, okay, like he he went two and ten in the year on pay per view in big matches, 
one of the wins is like he won on DQ because Roman Reigns choked the life out of him and wouldn't let go. Like, how is he in front of Chris Jericho? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't put him in front of Jericho. That's that's bad. Um, he's in front of Adam Cole as well. He's in front of Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega laid it at I, nineteen, I don't, right? I don't necessarily mind the Adam Cole thing because you know Cole was in NXT, you know, um, and then he went to AEW, and then he went to AEW. Like he was hot for uh, for the you know to build him up to get to Revolution, and then they you know then they started using him as a vehicle to you know to to, to as a condom for AEW and and for Ben Door. So I I, I don't really. It doesn't really bother me as much, uh, but um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird things. I th- honestly quite think you look at it from a KP perspective, this seems like a really down year. It, it does, like, like you, even like even you, even even while we're even agreeing about to some stuff, one. like some stuff, like just in general speaking, like compared to like let's say the. Uh, like last like, I year, like, I feel like Roman had ago. a stronger case last year. Like, and then like he kind of when he lost to Kenny, yeah, when when he just kind of gets this one almost like he back. Back doors the field was less. It was one. less. Yeah, the field was less uh, difficult. <clears throat> yeah, um, MJF barely wrestles, so you know he's sixteen. Yeah, right. Um, Kenny missed most of the the marking period. He ended up with a nineteen, kind of dopey rating. But I, I'm not complaining about that. How many months did he wrestle in the period? <laughs> um, maybe if it's five, July, maybe July, four, August, September. Oh, wait, July, August, September, uh, October. No, like five months out of the twelve. Like, yeah, man, it's. Uh, four and a half, four and a half months. I did like yeah, this. Well, I don't even know what you do with Kenny Omega. So that, that yeah. like whatever rating he got is kind of <laughs> like, Ugh. yeah. And then Drew McIntyre's twenty. So uh, Jay White twenty three. Uh, other egregious things. I see Braun Breaker over Will Osprey and Sammy Guevara. Um, so Sammy I'm sorry. Guevara's. Uh, uh, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So well, Sammy Guevara's TNT title wins and defenses don't count. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Okay. I'm not I, I wouldn't even. Like, I didn't even think about yeah. the Gavara thing. I, I was talking about Osprey. Like, I, I, like, I'm, okay. So, you Osprey twenty seven. Okay. Um, has Braun Breaker ever performed in front of more than five thousand people? No. What is there to talk about then? <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, they send friends and family to the show now, uh, to the PC or wherever they, they're doing it now. They don't even bring in like the 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 fan like the four hundred used to come in and get the ticks all the goddamn time for tapings anymore like it was seven years ago, like it's friends and family that's just cheering for these matches. Yeah, um, and I know the like, what did they do for did, what uh the one day they do that they did WrestleMania weekend what it was like was it three thousand or four thousand people for that takeover? I think it was like three thousand. Like yeah, thirty five hundred. Right, maybe. Right, four years ago they were doing fifteen thousand people. At these shows, why is it? Why are we putting? What was it? Where was he ranked? He was ranked twenty sixth. Why is he? In, why is he in the top thirty? In kayfabe, I he's a developmental I have, champion. I have nothing for you on that. He's a developmental champion, and and why the developmental is ice cold. The, the and, brand and he lost cold. and he lost matches um, at those like he lost to yeah, he lost to Ziggler that's he right. lost to Ziggler I know that's he won right. it back but he lost to Ziggler like that's a hmm. um, where was Ziggler ranked he is not in the top fifty so hmm. um, <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking at other stuff like uh, like man like um, they have. 
I know yeah. the the common the common thing will be, well, make your own list. Like that's what they like to say, right? I'm like, well, how about y'all do the list better? Like, because that's y'all's job. Like, and yeah. if, we, if if we can read a list and be like, oh, okay, there's like one or two things that just are kind of weird, but like when you add all these things up, it looks like. All right, what was the agenda here? Right, I don't remember like, last year's thing. Is, like, obviously, these lists are always going to be, you know, people have biases, what what have you, uh, especially when it comes in regard to the criteria, because you can bend your criteria to meet whatever you wanted to meet from year to year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much like MT, like a sports league MVP debate. But I don't remember last year, like, feeling like there was this many like weird things in the top ten. Uh, maybe it was because it was a stronger year, kayfabe wise, for all the people. And they were healthier because, you know, like, AEW got kicked in the teeth at the beginning of the year uh, as far as injuries. So, like, people mm-hmm. like you mentioned, Cole, Danielson, um, Punk, um, Omega, like, all of them had, you know, people that would have been in there, but they were all, like, missed time in the first half of the year. So, th- that definitely is people that were missed from the equation. But, um, and even Cody, when Cody missed the time going from AEW to WWE uh, and then the, the, the peck here so like yeah next year when we're going to see cody in there we'll see you know danielson we'll see omega whatever else we'll look at it and be like oh this makes a lot more sense and then you won't see like things that look odd like vikingo in the top 10 or or someone that's a that's a uh you know the cha- <laughs> someone that's a champion uh in uh uh impact being in the top 10 that this won't happen in a normal year like, so it's just weird. Jonathan Grillstrom over Shingo is like someone should be arrested for that. Like I don't <laughs> like. I th- also I think like at this point like jail. Also at this point I know there's a I know there's a PWI 150 uh, for women, but like at what point do they unleash the women on here to make this thing more sense? Because I'm looking at this top ten, I'm like, all right, man, I'm looking at this top ten. Why the fuck can't Why the fuck can't you just break the break the glass, put Bianca Belair in here to make your make your list look more rep- reputable? Because like, <laughs> I, I, it, it it makes no sense. Does it make sense to you to see like the see John Gresham or or Cody for two basically like uh, what three three and a half months worth of good really good work like being on here instead of Bianca Belair? That's weird. I just find it to be weird. Yeah, and the, they have women on the list, but they're only women that do intergender, so they can actually compete against other people on the list for the spots. Not even. Uh, I guess that's their uh, that's their their logic behind it. And so who's on there? Ali Cash and who else? <sighs> Trisha Dora always there. So okay. Um, let's see. I mean, she was she hanging is. out with uh, was it uh, was it me? Yamashita? I saw her on I saw him on Twitter hanging out. I think. Um, she's with somebody that was over here right now. It wasn't Jungle, I don't think. You know Jungle's over here right now. She, I think yes. she wrestled this weekend against uh, Maya Yuki. Um, I think in... Was it Deadlock? Whatever. We're digressing. But yeah, um, it's, a, it's a strange list. The only thing I really agree with is number one. Everything else is kind of up for grabs. Like, I think Lashy, where he landed, was fine. Okada... That was kind of odd because of how cold like New Japan is for Western fans. Um, like I know he won, you know, the two main events of Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe that's what he's like, you know, same thing, kind of similar to when you know, almost like except for like one year of late or last couple years of late, like won a G one. Yeah, that too. Like you know, it's pretty much like in lot. Like if you win the WrestleMania main event, like you get number one on this list almost like nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like they, he, that's what put him over the top for Wrestle Kingdom. Is like won both nights of Wrestle Kingdom, also won the G one. He's number two. Punk got hurt. Omega got hurt. Danielson got hurt. Moxley was away. Cole got hurt. Rod options. 
They're like, uh, we we can't give it two. to, we're we're not giving it to this ja- like no, we're not giving it to this Japanese guy in the down year, even though he has all the winning that you, you would want on this thing. So it's yeah. like, you know, I I I I, I you know, implore people to take a look at that criteria that they put out and tell me they didn't write that specifically so they could um make number one the way it was. Like I I'd never heard of that like ten match thing ever like in there. So um. But um, moving forward, uh, we have the AEW Grand Slam shows. This was a, was a uh, banner week uh, in, in AEW history. Brewhaven is a miss in our chats, man. This man put up the Alley up. Catch greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than Bianca Belair. Woo! No. Look, man, do you see what I'm wearing right now? Why, do, why is it whenever I wear this, I get disrespected? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on, man? Like, la- you know what last time I wore this shirt, Rich? Nah. You know what? You remember last? No, you know. Oh yeah, SummerSlam, SummerSlam Yes, that's the last time I've worn that fucking shirt. Why? Why must I get disrespected every time I wear this shirt? Y'all ain't got no love for Bianca Belair in this bitch. <laughs> it, yeah, man. Uh, where are we going now? Where are we going? We're going to uh, Grand Slam okay. uh, and a great week in AEW. Uh, both shows, um, pretty like awesome matches up and down the uh, the card on both. I I kind of like had more fun kind of watching the uh, Rampage show. I was a little bit more into that one, and um, but I, I really like the the Wednesday show too. So we can start there. The Ring of Honor World Championship match in James. You already know what it is. Ring of Jericho. <laughs> Honor is Jericho. The Ocho. Eight of them. Oh, man. Chris Jericho is your new Ring of Honor champion. Beats Claudio Castagnoli in a really good match. Crowd goes nuts for the finish. Uh, I saw some people upset about Jericho uh, winning this, this title. Uh, they were send out absurd memes on the timeline just just pissed not thinking like not not thinking it through you know uh on, on how good like Jericho's been doing like a, how good of a job he's been doing this year why this like perfect uh, makes perfect storyline sense um and i really think they're going to do the Daniel Garcia and Jericho for the ROA title at some point and then Garcia is going to like take that picture reminiscent of Brian Danielson, where he has the always pure title on one shoulder, and the always world title on the other shoulder. Mm. I think that's going to happen. And um, I'm really into the the Jericho Garcia aspect of it. There's obviously the the dopey Jericho wins the the dead Ring of Honor title. I don't care about the Ring of Honor title, whatever. It's like they they had Jericho do some pretty high profile losses in the past like month or so. They had him lose to Moxley, had him lose to Danielson, so they had to do something for him here. And I think that it's a great option because it's it's a great way to like reward him for an awesome year. If you weren't gonna put the world title on him, um, you can put that other belt on him and also like uh you know claudio wasn't like 
he wasn't lighting the world on fire as ROH champion. Like he was doing a he good was fine. job. He was fine. He, he, was, he, was, he fine, was fine. But this was, was this, fine. like we're we're not talking about Kenzo Kobashi uh, <laughs> getting cut off at the knees here. We're not talking about Kazushiko Okada getting cut off at the knees here. Like whatever, he can, he can drop the shit. He can win it back. Like it's it's the ROH belt. Like what I don't get is the last time Chris Jericho was a world champion, it helped launched. AW and he is now like um I, I remember I made this analogy at the start. Who did uh who did Bruno beat for the belt? He beat Buddy Rogers. He, he's the Buddy Rogers AEW, right? Ring of Honor is a company that Tony Khan or the Khans also own. And like they they do an occasional pay-per-view that draws like four thousand people. And like at the top of it was Cesaro taking the belt off Gresham. What do you think the pay per view buy rate will be when Jericho's in the main event in some big program for that, and then it's underlined with like the guys you already see kind of regularly on AEW in the pure division, like Moriarty and and Garcia and Yuta, and then you have FTR there, whatever else. Like this is going to increase the buy rate. And also give more spotlight to like the people that you don't already know in Ring of Honor if they get build someone up in in that particular, um, um, in in the t- TV time frame they have to do it or whatever else. So I don't understand why this is such a bad idea considering it was like they just had to build on someone that was in their late 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 thirties, uh, and like Chris Jericho is more valuable and can still give. Uh, He's not as good a wrestler as Claudio is at this stage, but like he can still give you more from the perspective of like everything outside of the ring that leads to the whole package of storyline, build, credibility with fans, blah 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 blah, overness, da 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 da. Put, still put on a quality match in main event, and still probably have a better buy rate. Like I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Look, I love Claudio. Look, I, I love Claudio. I, I I love Jericho too. If I had to start a promotion from scratch right now, this very second. I'm drafting Chris Jericho before I'm drafting Claudio. No, no, no disrespect to Claudio, but like Chris Jericho is like in this country at least one of the most one of the eight most valuable people in pro wrestling still probably. Yeah, Claudio um, was never that. <clears throat> yeah, I think um, as far as the match goes, like I thought they put together like you know a real solid match. Like they were working with each other like very well, and just the I think the lighting around this um looked great. It was the start of the show, so it had like this haze over the audience. It was outdoors. Like it was shot lighting. beautiful. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, like you see like those old pictures of the eighties and nineties and like you see like uh like sports illustrated pictures of people on the hardwood on the hardwood mm-hmm. and like the background looks like smoggy, like there's a smoker section. So seeing those lights <laughs> and it was like, why does it look ashy in the background? What the fuck is going on? And I realized like, oh, they're lighting it that way. Why would they go with that choice? I heard people love it. And I just, I was like, nah, I'd rather see like the blue wave or the red wave that, you know, mm-hmm. they have our lights down, whatever. Uh, but it did. I mean, I got to say, uh, while, while we go through this, like, uh, I don't know how to handle it, but it, as far as feel anyway, in a big arena, like when they're in the forum, like when they're in the forum or they're in Arthur Ashe, it feels like WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. It feels and looks like WrestleMania as far as like during this big setting or clash of the, you know, clash of the, uh, at the castle or SummerSlam in the football arena. It just feels like it feels gigantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the building. 
I don't know how they, you know, might, I don't know how, obviously, because, you know, same thing with SummerSlam this year, like, the building's not completely filled, they're obviously putting people on one side of the building to make it look like that, but it looks fucking packed and amazing, and they do an amazing job, AEW and WWE, like, when they do these build, these gigantic buildings, and maybe it is mostly filled, or maybe sometimes it's not, but, like, when they put everybody on one side, you can't feel, you, I mean, outside of, like, knowing that, like, you can't shoot a certain direction, right, like, you can't shoot, like, uh, you know, it's more like, a, it looks like a more, like, it's block, like a stage, or whatever else, it just looks like, um, the way it's shot, like, it, it just looks gigantic. It does. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, Jericho wins after, um, you know, a, a dick kick. He did yes. adhere to the code of honor at, at the beginning. He was such a troll uh, yeah. on Rampage after talking about, like, all the, how he's, you know, all this honorable stuff. And it's like, bro, yes. you just won the title with a dick kick. You're an asshole. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Kerry Silken got involved, and I have no idea what the fuck that was. Yeah, uh, but he threw him down. Uh, wins off the juice effect, um, and Jericho's a champion. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Chris Jericho. And never another... count out Chris Jericho. Yeah, and like this match was way better than the Danielson first match that he had uh, at a paper, on the pay per view. And it's like he two matches since then. He's he is basically like redeemed aside for that 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 you know, um, un- underwhelming match. So yeah, like you know, he's a he's a great like sleeper pick for uh, Flair Thez this year. Um, hey, you, you, you've arrived. I see w- w- with me here. <laughs> I mean, I was always with you. I just knew that, like you know, in front of Moxley or someone like you know, uh, even like an Okada at this point because of the G One and the title win and the Russell Kingdom stuff and like the the Naito feud. Like just generally speaking, as far as like. Still being the face of that company, still being on top, still like just top level match quality, um, and always having a, continuing a few with a huge rival. Like I thought, I thought Okada had a gr- had a great 2022, um, but like as far as like because of you know J A J A S versus like Kingston slash B C C, like being such a creative force for W or WWE for AEW this year, it's like, and then you know. Now he's a now he's a world champion. Obviously, Ring Honor, but it's like he's had these great big profile matches. He had a great feud with Kingston, continuing this whole year thing with the Garcia stuff with Danielson, continuing with the Danielson stuff. Like he's had a great year, and I think <laughs> because people are still pissed about him being Kingston at one time, people are still pissed about that. And it's like, well, there's no MJF here for right now for these months. So like, someone has to be the top heel. Yeah, Kingston and- is not the top babyface. I'm sorry, it's John Moxley. What do he do when he faces John Moxley? Oh, he lost. Okay, or when he faces Danielson? Oh, he lost. Okay. Yeah. Um. So up next, gotta, like <clears throat> if, if the top heel can't beat like the number five or four babyface, and like what's the point of even having heels? Just turn the shit to stardom. <laughs> and I don't mean that in no bad way. Because stardom's kicking ass. Stardom's number two promotion in the world right now. Uh, as far as uh, as far as like consistent quality, but you get my point is like, either you're going to get some heat. Sometimes you pay off some stuff, or just never get heat ever. Yeah. Um. So we got a video package to air up. Uh. To to hype up the main event, um, which was Danielson and Moxley. Quick, quick question: Am I a sucker for still thinking that Kingston's going to get back to Jericho? Um. No. 
I still want I still want Kicks to get that win back eventually, just eventually. Like yeah, he had to give him I something mean, for now, and then he can come back to it. If they, I mean, he could like challenge him for the ROH title, and then like ooh, that be the God damn it, Rich, he done drove me back in. Come in, Ronda, baby, let's go. And, like that could be like where where it leads if it's not the Garcia thing. I can see. And, and look at that with Chris this. Jericho, you have multiple great options. Look at that, bro. I have. I can look. The tears, the the tears. Some of these ne'er do wells are going to cry, but Kingston becomes a world champion because it's the Ring of Honor title. Oh, it's gonna be great! Let's start that agenda. And the Kings for Ring of Honor world champion. Let's go. I mean, he could win it in Newark, New Jersey. You never know. Um. <laughs> oh, let's go. Let's do this. So we got the uh, AW World Tag Team Title Swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed and James. We were wrong. Um, so, uh, I last week we picked uh, Swerve in Our Glory to retain. Thought yep. it would be a superior option going forward. But we were right in those regards. Yeah. Um, as far as like, sometimes you just gotta gotta go with what the crowd's giving you, and yeah. like the acclaims over as fuck. Um, and they, it was their time to to to, to get it. It was it was a really feel good moment. Uh, I think Max smoked his verse. Um, like he didn't try to do too much. He was like efficient. I could tell he was. Uh, I could tell his heart was beating out of his chest, but he was trying to hold it in, hold it together, and just, just make sure he executed the lines. Swerve and Keith Lee come out with Fab, um, and the claim come out with Who Kid um, in a ski mask. So you can tell it was Who Kid, except for the announcement it was Who Kid. Yes, um, he he, I, he he must. How how much wrestling does he know? Who uh, DJ Who Kid? Not yeah. sure. Not I, sure. You kind of gotta. I don't. No one's smarting him up on that one. It's like, bro, this is your time. You're on national television. You you have been on national. Like we don't know the last time you were on national television. Take off the fucking ski mask. I understand that. I understand. Was it Louis? Was it Louis? I believe it was. Yeah, I, I know. You know, status symbol. I get it. I get it. I get it. You know what else is a better status symbol? Your smile. The national television catching your face, fool. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Like so, um, they come up with Fab. I'm like, Fab's the reason I started rapping. So I'm seeing this. I'm like, yeah, this is hitting for me right here. Like, you got Swerve out there with Fab. I had no idea this was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the Knicks colors, so uh, that was pretty funny. I was they I was privy food. to I was privy to the gear um, about a day ahead of time. I, I was like, ooh, that's tough. Think um, of it like this, right? They were in New York in blue and orange. So not only is that Knicks colors, that's Islander colors, and that's Mets colors. And they were in Queens. They still got booed by them fucking Queens fans. They didn't give a fuck about that. Mets! Boo! Look, boo! We do not care. (laughs) This is fresh off the morning of Swerve and Our Glory showing up to the school with the children, giving hope to the youth, letting them hold the championships. Um... You know, it, it, it just creating a, a really nice moment um, for, you know, I, for all time at, at this point. Like, they've always got that video now. Like, um, like that, that that looked really cool. But as far as the match goes. Before we get to the match. Yeah. When you said showing up to the school as a symbol of hope, you know what I thought about, right? <laughs> what? Do you remember when R. Kelly did the uh, the Batman? God damn it! Uh, song, did the Batman song like Gotham City, but the remix and his yeah. remix were like <sighs> this fucking look, man. There's nothing funnier. I- I'm sorry for digressing. I'm sorry. 
R. Kelly is a horrible human being. <laughs> There's no but as a transition. That's Check. a period, and I'm going to move on. This fool, while being a terrible human being, has made some of the most funny, hysterically outrageous, outlandish music videos in the history of the medium. Uh, because he's so goddamn ignorant. Like this man did did the Thoya throwing video, and like <laughs> this a sample of a woman, and, you, and she's speaking in a in a in a language that you, I don't know if it's Japanese or Chinese. But in the music video, he is blending Chinese and Japanese cultures. And appropriating yes. those together interchangeably, and it's fucking hilarious because of how ignorant this fool is. Especially now we know that like this man may or may not have ever been able to read. So how would he have ever learned this stuff? Yes. But and he would I, wear those jerseys like yes. that don't exist. Yes, like, like yes, he had fraudulent throwbacks. Those are not Michelin Ness football jerseys, and shit those are like not hardwood hardwood classics. No, uh, who made this? Yeah. Who sold this to you? Yeah, yeah. Um, you made them. Where uh, are the but, copyrights? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, aside from all of that, back in the 90s, for the Shoemaker, the Schumacher Batman films, uh, he did the Gotham City song. This is, like, basically, like, off the back of, um, I believe I can fly for Space Jam. So, everybody was like, this is a go-to guy for the big, we an- need R. Kelly. The big anthemic, you know, soundtrack song, whatever else, right? Back when they gave fuck about soundtracks, as opposed to just throwing anything on with licensing. So, um, they did that song, and then he did a remix and in the remix, I don't know if it's available in this country. In the remix, he drives through like the streets of some city, presumably in Chicago, and like he's in like the Joel Schumacher version of the Batmobile, <laughs> and like me and Rich in the video, we'll talk about how fucking ridiculous this video was, and we always say, we used to always say like this man pulled up in the Batmobile to the, to the hood as a symbol of hope. <laughs> Gotham City in the ghetto, ghetto, ghetto. Oh my god. It's such a fucking ridiculous music video and everything with R. Kelly is fucking ridiculous and horrible. Let's just move on. I'm sorry if you derailed and mentioned it, but once he said Civil Hope, like, I I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop myself. I'm sorry. Let's get back to the really scheduled programming. We were talking about the next match uh, at. Um, rampant, not rampant. Yeah. Dynamite. Uh, Swerving our glory, and the acclaimed, yes. uh, acclaimed win the titles. Uh, this is another good match of theirs. I don't think it's on the level of the pay per view match, but no, um, I, pro- I, I probably go like four, four stars on it. And that was weird. I, I thought, I thought like four, and then I looked at Cage Match, and people were like on some three and three almost, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. Um. But you know, uh. This just gave everyone what they wanted. Uh, I think Swerve was excellent in this match. Um, and they really like put these guys over in style. And, you know, the acclaim didn't really do anything to get back to this match except have a great match last time and be really over for the whole summer. Um, this has really been a, uh, you know, these guys like came from the muck, like of getting put together on AEW Dark. Uh, just as randos and uh, dropped with the nickname the acclaim and they were like yo y'all figure it out and they've like over two years really risen for the bottom to the top and they did it and not through like dozens of like you know critically acclaimed uh matches and you know no pun intended but they've really got their personalities over they've got the interests over they've got their segments over uh and I think we'll be able to look back on them and the ass boys as like a, a uh, turning point moment for the acclaim 
while Swerve in Our Glory was in a parallel universe kind of doing her things and winning the titles underneath them, like the acclaim was creating like this groundswell where they were just as over the whole time, but it, it really didn't click to people until they were in there together. So I, I really enjoyed this this feud and, and the promos that they did with it. Um, and just seeing, you know, all these brothers, you know, do their thing. Um, and, and these guys all come from different walks of life. These guys all have different like ideas of wrestling. And it was really cool to see like, you know, it just felt like a celebration. Like, and I know they had the crazy celebration after the match and everything like that, but yeah, they shot off the confetti. Yeah. I, I was just as happy for like Swerve and Lee that they got to like lose to the acclaim because like the acclaim, like, you know, like, like they're, they're not going to be anybody's like favorite, like workers or anything like that. But like, just when it comes to like being over and like having fun when they come out, like, these guys are fucking awesome too. So, um, yeah, that's what, that's all I got it really to say uh, on that. I mentioned, well, I would say I mentioned. Like, I just found out the answer. Like, so they're going to do Ass Boys versus FTR is almost like a de facto number one contender uh, thing. And uh, I don't know, man. Like, you almost have to have the Ass Boys beat FTR, which is like I think it's dumb. But then, like, then you have to do FTR versus. I'm sorry. Then you have to do Ass Boys versus uh, the Acclaim. And I'm like, uh, do people actually want to really see that, or did they just want to cheer the Acclaim and say the Ass Boys suck? Like, because I, I, I mean, I mean, I guess if it if it you know if it does well, it doesn't really matter. But like, I, I, I'm wondering, like, could you actually get a whole real life like feud to go through a pay per view cycle, or based around Billy Gid's sons hating? Like his black surrogate sons. Like I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, but but then is like then if like because like you can't have FTR win because then if you have FTR win then you just think of they already have four belts even though they never defend them. They never have four belts. They're going to take them off FTR. And it's like I don't want to. I don't want to hear that shit for FTR because you know that would ruin their mind state because they already you know they thrive off negativity and think people don't like them anyway. So like. That's a that's a L they're walking into when they're like they just turn babyface like the first time ever, uh, yeah. you know uh, earlier this year. So like uh, I, I would keep I would if I if if hey I were man, them I'd be like look FTR keep you away from that that's not that's not a good look for you. It's not. It's not. Well, let's 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 bring in you know let's bring in you know Bishaman to to you know challenge y'all or some shit. I don't know. But like they can't, they can't be out here. They can't be the ones to take the belt off FTR or off uh, the acclaimed. I think that will not go well for them. Yep. They can't talk themselves out of that kind of, out of that situation. I don't think. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I just kind of, I might as well start the agenda now. Like swerving our glory tag team of the year. Um, mm. let, I can't go there with you. I think I. I I think at best they're the third best. They had the third best tag team run this year at best. Like I still think FTR. I still think the Young Bucks top four or five matches and and FTR's top four or five matches are still better than Swerve and Our Glory's um, best five matches. Personally, um, so I, I I can't go there with you. Uh, but they will finish. You know, I I think. I mean, not I think. I know they've done more than the Usos have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even for all the two belt shit or whatever else, like they're you know they I, and not maybe not the Uso. The Uso should finish in the top five. Should finish in the top five. Um, 
Yeah, I just hope if, that if, I, if well, I had to vote for, I hope for wins, FTR's sake they, they get. I hope for FTR's sake they get to to have some of these matches on a large platform because I don't know. Um, as far as visibility, like like Swerve and Our Glory took a lot of advantage of this summer. So, um, where was the FTR? What was FTR Young Bucks two at? Was that on? Was that in? That was on Ray. That was on Dynamite. That was on Dynamite. Yeah, like yeah. that's the best tag match that's been on television this year. So, uh, maybe something. There's Young Bucks and Lucha Bros on Rampage. That's the only other thing. Okay, so that was the only other thing is in the discussion. I think I think I take the FTR one. Uh, well, I have to go back over and watch both of them. They were they were both like in that like four and three quarter range or whatever else for me. So like those are two of the 25, 20 best matches I've seen this year. Yep. So, um, yeah, the claim have the belts. Um, so after that, the ass boys put FTR in a blender backstage, um, just, just completely like stunned on them. And it like the FTR just like, we're sitting there. It was just like, Oh, we have nothing to say. Well, it was a segment to actually get them credibility as jerks. Like, because you look at them and like, oh, they're annoying jerks. Another one is like, oh, I don't like FTR, so they cooked them. Like, it wasn't like they were saying hysterical things. It, so, um, yeah, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a, a, a thing. We'll see how that goes. Like, ass boys better bring it because if they don't bring it, I'm gonna be like, hey, bro, I remember uh, FTR match versus uh, Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson and. Like they were out there cooking for uh, the like seven minutes they got. If if, if the ass boys, you know, if the ass boys can't bring that to the table except for being uh, Billy Gunn sons and like bring in some other sons in. So um, we had a segment after that, um, and Shivani was in the entrance, um, and he basically uh, was out there with Willer Yuta. Uh, he asked him about uh, the BCC teammates, uh, Mox Danielson, competing for the title in the main event. Before he can say anything, Sub-tier he was interrupted page. by MJF. So MJF comes out, and <laughs> this crowd fucking acts like Jesus is back. Um, ironically, a man playing the devil. Um, the the fans like chant his name, and uh, he says, uh, you know, the fans worship the ground he walks on. That makes it. Uh, them his loyal devil worshippers. Uh yeah, Shivani, the fat old prick, how he's doing, and he brings up uh Yuta standing there in shock because of the great reaction he saw MJF get. Say so he'll never get tired of that reaction. Calls him a mid carter, says the crowd worships worships him. There isn't a single fan who wouldn't let him sleep with their wife. Yes, called them all colds. Um, noting that the only reason he doesn't do that is because he has standards. Uh, he calls himself a generational talent. He tells MJF, you know, what he says has some truth to it. Says he's got more catchphrases than anyone, and he's the king of low-hanging fruit. Speaking of which, someone got engaged recently. MJF kind of like his eyes raised, like almost like, what you doing? Um, he tells MJF not to worry because he's not as low as him and won't go there. It says MJF soon and to then be wife. MJF proceeded to do what? Go right back to low hanging fruit, thereby proving Yuta's point. It was actually a pretty good promo from Yuta. And then, like, I think MJF then was like, "Oh my God, you have a character. You can actually say some things." And then proceeded to bury him more. And I was like, "Bro, damn!" MJF. I felt like Yuta was verbally disabled. Like going against MJF here was like, "Damn!" Delivery like, was delivery was well. His delivery voice was, like, was he, shaky. How do I say this? Uh, 
his, he's soft spoken, but like this, his delivery wasn't wasn't like it was awful. It wasn't like, uh, but it wasn't exactly like he you know kind of blew his way the way that like Jungle Boy did that one time. But uh, but yeah, it was all right. And then like MJF completely just like completely cut his knees from him. He was like, oh, like great. Said like, uh, he can't. What, really what happens to all the talk about your student of the game and you do all this stuff like the fucking seventies and eighties? Because that's not what they did in the seventies and eighties. But not what else? Only in uh, you know fought over uh, backstage. But whatever, man. Uh, so, <laughs> said the real reason he came out was to wish him in the Blackpool Cuckold Club. Good, good luck in their showdown for the title later tonight. Says they're really just fighting to see who's going to lose to MJF. Said uh, he basically said you you don't want to learn anything from from Danielson because there's a CJ get concussed. Um, I think he said about Moxley, you can't learn anything from that guy. Like why even try? Uh, and Regal, he'll just teach you how to pop pills, and yeah, then Yuta like yeah. fires on him after that, and then uh, MJF fights him back, uh, hits Shivani, kind of attacks Shivani. Um, Yuta saves him, but then W Morrissey comes out, chokes him out, and think there's some blood here if i'm not mistaken um but morrissey and uh mjf walk out who's bleeding i think uh yuda may have been bleeding slightly hmm. over the eyebrow i'm not sure but okay i must um, miss that yeah uh after that we got the all atlantic championship match orange cassidy versus pack and this was mm. it was just very good as yeah, opposed it was, to it was there as opposed to basically a classic the last time they had a match um, yeah, it was a strange match. Um, because it was like they're playing off of they're doing the stuff of like playing off of the match they already had, but so much of the match is like you underestimating Orange Cassidy. It's like we're, we're way past that. It's got to be evolution of, of what they do, and it's more based like evolution of just their feud as opposed to the evolution of Orange Cassidy or whatever else at this point. Is like, I mean, at some point. We gotta have a, a, a dynamic to where like he's not just like you go into it and think he's a joke. Like he's had you know, he had a match with Pac, he had the triple threat match with Pac in Omega. Um, you know, he had a uh, he had a you know, the most competitive match that Worlds pretty much has ever had, uh, for the TNT title this year. Like <clears throat> we're kinda pa- <clears throat> we're kinda past this. Um Yeah, so I I don't know. Um I I would never expect him to have a match uh, only at this level. I was I was uh, underwhelmed very much underwhelmed. Yeah, I I, I felt like it was like t- like this was being grounded to a halt. Like this was very slow pace. Uh, Pack ends up cheating to win, so uh, I don't know if this was a heel turn or, or something like that. But um, he definitely hits the man with the ring bell yeah. thing yeah, to uh, win. So yeah. uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then I was thinking, like, okay, he's turning heel to set up for him to defend against who? You would think Orange Cassidy. Like, it, it, like this should be Is like... Is he going to get a rematch? Yeah, I, I would think this would be like, you know, this could be like, oh, yeah, Orange Cassidy's going to win win the championship from him or something. Okay, he's so getting a little Orange closer. Cassidy becomes the United... Or not the United States, the Mid-Atlantic champion. Where is he going overseas to defend it at? He's got to go to DDT. <sighs> for fuck's sake. It's oh gotta go God, to DDT. <sighs> Orange has to go anywhere. Rich, how many weeks ago did they tease that they were going to give us pocket and or and uh, Omega? I'm not sorry, uh, Osprey and Pack. How many weeks ago was that? Is that a month ago? Uh, 
What was the G1 uh, final? Mid 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 August, right? Yeah, that was like mid August. So okay, so like five weeks ago, let's say five weeks ago, they they tease us that. I don't know how they would have done that <laughs> because like Will's still a champion too. So, mm. well, the idea is you have Osprey become the the mid lane champion or all lane champion. Anyway, that's not, that's not his point. They teased us with that on New Japan Pro Wrestling and on All Elite Wrestling Television. The idea that they're going to go from that to Orange Cassidy is going to visit DDT. Oh, I just made that up. I don't. (laughs) I don't think that's you know how fucking infuriating and insulting that is to me. (laughs) I feel. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Like, look, man. Look, I I know, I know. Tessia Endo. I know. Tenosuke Takeshita. Junior Akiyama, I know. Speaking of that, I know. Takeshita's on his way back in October. Unless they, unless they was to get it to Takeshita, I don't give a fuck. Like you know, like well, you obviously you're joking about all this. But I'm just thinking, like, are you like that? Yeah, that can't, that can't be what's up. That can't be what's happening. It, anyway, I'm sorry. Let's get, let's continue. What was next after uh, after the Orange Cassidy match? AEW interim women's championship match: Britt Baker versus Serena D versus Athena versus Tony Storm. Um, this was okay. Um, you know, they it, was a decent, it was a decent four way match. Um, I thought Athena looked great in this yeah, match. Yeah, I thought she, I, she, she, she shined the most in the match. Definitely. Um, definitely was getting a crowd reaction. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, or not weirdly, but like, I don't know what happened, but, um, Britt got her nose busted again. Yes. What was that off um, of? I forgot. Isn't it the match? I knew I could just tell she busted her nose. I believe Athena fell on her face. Somehow. Ah, okay. That so, sucks. Yeah, Britt can't just like she, she can't, can't break. Yeah, or she, all she does is actually catch breaks. But you get my point. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's unfortunate what's happening. Like, broken nose, the knee thing with Nala Rosa was that two years ago. Um, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, the, the so. Sheeta match in in uh, Georgia. Yep. Caught that nose During break. Yeah. yeah. So. She's she's catching some hell of, um, in the last couple of years. So uh Tony Storm ends up getting the win. Um she wins with a with a roll up uh on Athena and she retains the championship. Uh then there there's a whole beat down. Um she basically attacks Tony Storm from, from behind. Uh, she beats Britt Baker, cleans the sheet, by the way. Another clean job for Britt. Yeah. Um and then Britt clears them out um, along with Rebel and uh, Jamie Hayter comes out and you think it's, you know, it's on between them, but it is they not. the same thing they did like a week ago where it's like, come out, T- like Tony Storm's on the ground, T's like you're making a save for Tony Storm, I guess because like, I don't know, you're both in the UK scene at some point and then like you beat her up and then Jamie helps beat her up again. It's like, we just did this last week. Watch, I expect this. Not, like, I was watching, it's like, I don't expect you to save her. You just beat her ass last week with a chair. And then beat her again. It's like, was I supposed to be swerved here? And what, then she, I guess the swerve is that she is cool with Brit again. I guess. Um, uh, so, so it was Brit, Serena, uh, Reba, and, um, I'm sorry, Rebel. And it's Reba or Rebel. I, I keep fucking confusing. Me. And <laughs> so she always talks Rebel. about this one, but not the other one. Yeah, so Rebel. So it's Rebel and. Rebel and Britt and Jamie and Serena Deeb is seen as if uh, made up this this hill faction 
And so I'm like, okay, the Bay Fair is going to beat down. Who's going to make the run in? And I- start hearing some random song. I'm like, what's this? And then Flash. And I had made a joke. I was like, man, very excited for Sasha Banks to debut. Um, and <laughs> and Arthur Ashe. Um, it was my group stats. When I, when I was watching it, I thought I thought Sasha and Amy was coming out, and I thought it was they've been there for fat for New York Fashion Week. I don't know if they left or whatever. I was like, "This is this, are they going to come out?" And then the music hits, and I'm like, "That don't sound like the music they come out to." I like right. I, I like the song until I heard the lyrics for the song. And I'm like, "Oh, you're this song about cancel culture? Get fucked!" Uh, uh, and then like, fucking Soraya comes out, <laughs> and like, I was like. What? really and and not just comes out she comes out to like this fucking like this insane reaction well we we always knew people liked her we always she is very popular she has a huge fan base i don't know how many of those people are are already AEW fans but probably a lot of them um she is uh obviously the thing about her is is the neck We'll, we'll see where that's at but she doesn't get physical with anybody. Huge reaction um, comes to the ring. People are going fucking nuts. Everybody clears out. Um, looks great. Like you know, she um, put it all together. You know, like and she shows up here, and it's like, holy shit! And there's a lot of people that like don't have never actually seen her um, wrestle. I was I was looking yeah. in in the. In the um, and the uh, yeah, so uh is what, in, like 2016? 18, I believe. Um, you, really? I thought, yeah, it was... okay. So it was like, um, it was like, man, like, wow, this is like a uh, it's like, I believe she's 30 years old now, if I'm not mistaken. She was around when she was so young before, yeah. so yeah. it was like she kind of went from this prodigy to like this woman that was passed by the people that well, you know kind of well, open she opened up the the well, lane for yes, in retrospect she was absolutely not a prodigy for, for what our expectations of uh, women's wrestling at the time uh yeah. given our given our our, our 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 lack our very uh short or uh, uh closed off view she, we thought she was going but back I, looking I, at her I, now she I kind of figured it, goddamn project, yeah, project. I kind of figured it out quickly though, because like once they put that belt on her night one, and I saw her, she had like really nothing else to offer. I was like, oh, I see what's going on here. And then she was like, you know, in the lineage of your Alexa Bliss. Uh, she was Paige. better. She was she's better. better she's better than Alexa. Like AJ. Like it. It was all those type of like you know people were. She was one of the people that people were in love with. Let's just say that. Uh, um, that. That is true. So she's she's always had a really big fan base, and you know I, I always like her kicks. Kind of like she she was very physical and, and aggressive in the ring. Um, and when she came back um, as like the voice person for like uh, was it a uh, Retrib- not retribution rebellion? What was it? What was the team that had uh, Mandy? Absolution. And- Absolution. Okay, yeah. So like when she came back, when it was like she was a good promo there, and also she was a good. She was a good promo when she started out with Kabuki Warriors, and then they obviously cut that off. Um, so yeah, like she had like improved in aspects of her game that like didn't seem that was actually there uh, when she was actually like around at in her first run before she had the first uh, like setback with her neck. So 
Um, it's interesting to see, like, it was interesting to see her. I was, I was happy to see her. And then I remember, oh yeah, like, there's been so much bullshit around her and like, who she's like been involved with of late as far as like their political viewpoints and, and weirdness. So it's like, oh yeah, like, I remember I used to like this person and then I like, I basically like just closed that off because like I heard they're super problematic and I was left it alone. But like, you know, I'm not, I'm, finna- I'm not here to step on anybody else's joy when they saw her because like, it got me at, at first. Um, yeah. and, and then I, I started thinking about like, okay, so, and then like, just like you, like she didn't touch anybody. Is she actually cleared? What's she going to do? I, yeah. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But like, she, if, she's if on she, the records page. If she can page. do anything physical, that'd be, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, like, you know, like she is a, she was, she is a certain level of star. I don't know exactly what that is in 2022 for her and especially how she'll be deployed in this promotion. Like just because like this is not their focus, Um, but maybe this is a sign that they want to try something, but um, I would not, I would not gamble on it being her. Like I think she can lend some, a small bit of name uh, credibility to this, but this is a different day than when she was um, performing. And um, I don't think she just walks in is at the immediately at the top of this um, place. So no, nah, she has um, to lay some roots as far as like, you know, and also like, shit, it's a whole different game as far as like, what's going to work in a W in front of a W crowd compared to what was working in the WWE crowd, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. It's a whole different game. And I, I pray that they don't like send her and Britt Baker to the ring with a mic. Oh my God, that can be, that can get real ugly. Um, so, um, after that, Darby Allen, um, <laughs> is on a bus with a body bag. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's taking all through like the, all the, like throughout the, you know, different public tr- uh, transportation places in, in New York City. I was like, bro, that's. Darby okay. Allen look look like a old motherfucker you would see on a train at like like four o'clock in the morning. Like, what is that guy doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> face paint and all. Like, yeah. like that's just who's here right yeah. now. Um, yeah. So after that, uh, we got the uh, tournament final. John Moxley versus Brian Danielson, uh, and this was a this was a good match. I thought it would be better, uh, but it was uh it was pretty physical. I would say. You know about the main uh, event? Yeah. You didn't like this match. I thought it was like four and a quarter. Like I didn't, I didn't go crazy over it. Or I gave it four and a half. I love this match. To yeah. be honest with you, um, uh, there was yeah. a lot of cutting to MJF during yeah, this thing. That, that fucking infuriated me, especially in the closing stretch. Like that kept just driving me nuts. They kept <sighs> like, but this match did not like have this like the special feeling. I've, I I didn't feel it coming through the screen um, on this one. Like I, I would have thought, um, but. It, and I don't know if some of that is like, you know, the the overhang from, you know, the belt having just the, the weird stink on it right now, uh, minus the, the, the with the CM Punk stuff over the summer, the interim titles, uh, just see, I don't know. There was something that was missing for me here. But mm. um, as far as like, you know, the match, like I thought they they kicked the shit out of each other. Like, <laughs> so that was cool I, to see. I, 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 I think a lot of people thought they were getting Brian, the coronation of Brian Danielson. I did not. Um, I mean, they've been heavily tipping Mox mm-hmm. and MJF for weeks. Yeah. I don't know what people were watching. Um, if uh, they were thinking that, like, but I, they were very I, I, hopeful. When you look, have you looked at the cage match comments? I have not. No. 
it's a lot of people wanting Brian to have won. It's a lot of it. It's a lot of it. Uh, I you I know. mean, if you look at it like this, like if if Moxley, like Moxley, obviously, I think there are pros and cons of Moxley winning. However, I think the pros do more for him than the cons take away from him. Like the cons, I think, are he looks like this second choice kind of like in you know to CM Punk like he's always kind of it's kind of like the Bret Hart syndrome like where he has the belt when something goes wrong they're always looking for someone to take it off of him Mm -hmm. something like that right but the positive for it um, would be it basically sews up that year that that tells us it was it wasn't for nothing like now he can get the belt have a run do whatever Um, Mm -hmm. but in Danielson's case we kind of figure it's going to MJF anyway right right so it's like, why would you want to subject Brian to like a one month reign? I don't know. Um, and I don't, I, I don't see it. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like, like, I don't feel like this was like this. Like, I don't feel like he's riding this wave of momentum that was just like to be disappointed this hard by, by him. Well, this. well, he, they gave him the Shuri storyline. Like in short set in short succession, they gave him the opportunity to basically make back even every single loss he's ever taken in the company. Like he beat Hangman Page, he beat Jericho after Jericho beat him like in the last pay per view just a few weeks before, and then he was going to face Moxley and Moxley beat him in Revolution. They were going to give him the opportunity to do all of that, and they gave him that in basically like two weeks. So like in the two weeks, and also all the matches were awesome. So like he built up tons of momentum to do that. So that's why I was like. And my head was saying, like, you're going to put it on Moxley because, like, you don't waste Danielson's first title run on being a transitional champion if you're ever going to belt him at all. He may not even want to ever do that again or or do that for this company um, at this stage. And then, um, but if you're going to do it, you need more juice out to to squeeze than just, like, oh, we're taking this to to the next pay-per-view and taking it off him for one cycle or less than one cycle um, from pay-per-view to pay-per-view. And... Like, it was like, okay, if you do it to Moxley, they already done this stuff. Like, Moxley was all, from night one after uh, they had to vacate the belt. Like, they did Moxley going to face-to-face with with, 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 uh, with MJF. MJF, letting you know, like, that's that's the next program. That's the next big thing. They didn't do that for nothing. So, my head was always saying Moxley, but my mind was like, same thing when they did, like, you know, when... Um, Danielson had to fill in for Moxley at the end of last year for Winter is Coming, where they put him in there, or sorry, first uh, um, ramp dynamite of the year against um, Hangman, or actually it's night, not, actually it's night Winter, it's Winter is coming, coming, and then the rematch at uh, the first pay per view, uh, first uh, dynamite of the year. But either way, it's like we're going to make it so convincing or we're going to make Danielson so convincing that he's going to be next champion that like, you're actually wondering if he's actually going to cut off some person before it's time to actually really cut them off or where it really makes sense. And that's how good Danielson is. That's because he's, that's because he's fucking awesome. So I, I, I get, and I actually thought it was interesting because like either people, either person they picked, I'd have been like, they've done everything to be a champion. Mm-hmm. So it didn't. It didn't. I didn't mind it either one they went with. I just figured that's where they're going with was MJF and Moxie because of what the the television programs have been the couple weeks leading up to it. Um, with MJF with the chip and all that kind of stuff. So 
when I see other people upset about it, about it, uh, in like lower the match grade because they were expecting something else, I'm just like, well, was the match not good or did they just not do the thing you wanted at the end? And now that says the match is bad because they went with uh, one of the two good options. Like, it's weird to me. It's weird to me how people act like this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I. But I, I love the match. Shit. Quite frankly, I like I, I liked it more than the match at Revolution that I was there in in uh, the building for. Then hmm. like I I now recognize this watching Rampage, but like they have mic'd the corners of the ring. That's where their directional mic is. Because when they because when they were putting Danielson when Danielson was putting Mossy in the corner and chopping, I was like, sounding off. Those were the hardest fucking chops this side of like Walter or or like go that I that I've heard on television. What the hell is going on? Go go Shizaki. I was like, what the hell is going on? I don't remember Daniel Bryan or, or Brian Danielson like chopping people like like this before. What the fuck? And then I was like, and then I watched Rampage. I was like, oh okay, they're clearly there's a, the mics are in the corners. That's that has to be what this is. Uh, but yeah, I I thought you know Danielson, um, pretty much played like the the Moxley to Moxley's Tanahashi, where it's like. He's beating his ass, and he and Moxley has to fight underneath this bear that's on him and on him and on him. You just want to see the dude like get this shit to you know get some momentum going for him, and then like it gets you know towards even, and then they end up outside, and he hits the hits the freaking um, paradigm shift on the plexiglass. Like that plexiglass is is not a friend of Danielson and AEW. That plexiglass and, and uh that plexiglass and uh grandson be kicking his ass in every match he's been in. He's two he is 0 for two against that plexiglass. But plexi he gets hit with the move, um the finish on the uh like going to the finish, he gets hits out his hit outside with that that um paradigm shift. He basically rolls to the ring and like Moxie has to crawl to get to, to get the cover, get into the ring, and then he hits him again and uh, gets to win. I, I thought it was a great finish. I thought it was very like excellently like paced and and built towards and everything. And like just, I thought this is another like four and a half star clinic that Danielson put on. To be honest with you, I love the match. It's one of my favorite. It's probably going to end up on my favorite like ten AEW matches of the year. Like it's yeah. way up there for me. So um, <clears throat> we ended up um, with Moxley as a champion. And going forward, um, they set up his next challenger on Rampage, which uh, started off with Darby Allen and yep. Sting teaming up to defeat the House of Black in a no disqualification match. This match was wild, to say the least. Yeah, um, just just foolishness everywhere. Uh, Darby Allen pulling out the old Orpheum tricks, doing the the goddamn um, the coffin drop from the the top of the the things on uh, uh, fucking Brody King and like Sting diving off of everything. Darby getting thrown off of shit. Um, this was nuts, and it all like kind of culminates with Sting being handcuffed. And then, well, well, they handcuffs they lay out Darby at some point. They handcuff Sting. Darby makes a comeback. Uh, Darby and um, and Brody King they both basically dive off the stage through the table, so they're off the table. Buddy comes back in with a bat while Sting is still handcuffed. Sting starts laughing hysterically. Now keep in mind, I watched the show today. I watched the show on Sunday, and uh, I had somehow got spoiled that Muda had showed up. 
uh, but I didn't know in what capacity. But like I'm watching the match, and then he sees handcuffed, and then like I see Sting's laughing while he's been placing the chair while uh, Buddy has Sting's bed. I'm like. What is about to make a fucking save for Sting? This is ridiculous. And then the lights go out, of course, in, in you know, common AEW fashion. And then on the fucking uh, Titan Tron, it says, The Great Muda Osaka Final. I was like, what? <laughs> and then he then fucking Muda walks out. He has the, you know, he has the, 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 the Muda haberdashery on. And he's out there with the fucking fingers. <laughs> Crowd loses it. Crowd loses it. This man is a finesser to your candidate officially. This man got to show up at fucking Grand Slam in New York with Sting on TBS or TNT, just like, you know, the old days. What the fuck? How did this happen? He willed this into existence. We started paying attention to Muto, and this is what happened. Like, oh, so, Muto. So you, find it, so, so, you're, so you are now on the. Uh, 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 you're now on the Tony Connell list of the One Nation Radio. <laughs> what else is playing some shit like this? Yes. <laughs> um, oh, then he came God. out. He came, yes, bro. He came he, out there. He he, he slinks his way to the ring. Yes, yes. He uh, goes face to, to face. Yes, he looks like he's about to attack Sting. He turns <laughs> around. He catches uh, Buddy off guard. But he makes a swing. He ducks underneath. Spits with the no. Does he hit him with the miss first? Is he nah. getting the dragon screw first? Which dragon one? Dragon screw. Uh, I think it was the dragon screw first. The dragon screw, which is hilarious because like he still he still looks better than anyone else do- doing, even though he can't do shit else. <laughs> like only thing that make it, the only thing that man has at this point is dragon screws and shining wizards. He, and look, you gave him one. He chose one of the options. And he looked great doing it. And then he missed it, uh, buddy. And I'm just fucking howling at this thing the whole time. Just like, I can't believe they can. <laughs> then. fucking Buddha out here. Yes. Then he, he missed Buddy Murphy or Matthews with the yes. green mist. This is his common mist. Um, I, I saw the mist lore. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I forgot. The, there's different colors for different things. And some yeah. can make you sleepy, some you poison, some's toxic, some's deaf, some. Hip, hypnosis, I think they're fogginess. I forgot the color coding for all of it. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, um, and then like he rolls out and you know, fucking sting. Well, well we forgot <laughs> one thing. We forgot one thing. When Buddy got misted, I yes. think I think he ran he into Julia into Hart. Julia Hart and Julia Hart took supposed to take a bump off the apron onto the table. She caught the back end or the far end of the table. And she appeared to have like the Matt Hardy, the Matt Hardy uh, Garcia thing, where like just just back ahead hits concrete. It, that's what it looked like. Um, I don't know if she's okay. I didn't hear she's anything. Fine. She's fine. Okay, yeah. that looked fucking brutal. Man, I I could I could tell the the people on the timeline were just like clutching all the pearls for this poor white woman just just falling and this poor professional wrestler just falling and like it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a nasty fucking bump for anyone that took it because like people, her head's in the back of the her back of her head is in concrete either way people just in shock that, that this professional wrestler like had a rough fall um it, it, it was unfortunate it sucked yeah. it was horrifying though it was i was like great muda just showed up i don't care like <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, but yeah, like 
Moon and Sting pose down. They throw up all the shit. They take yeah. photos. Of yeah. uh, Sting helps uh, him with the jacket. Like, and then I find out Sting is booked for Muda's last match in J- in Noah in Japan. I'm like, what is this world? How did this happen? I love it. Uh, I love this whole thing. This was this is so much fun. I was like, yeah, it was a blast. And I knew it was happening. I could imagine if I was unspoiled on this, I would have probably like lost my mind completely. Uh, I wasn't spoiled yet. I was. I knew that Muda was there, and I was like, "Who the fuck else is he coming out there for?" Right. Right. But well, I mean, whatever. It was a blast. It was. It was. And I, look, man, like that. Like the way that y'all heard me laugh over the last couple minutes. Like you have no idea the hysterics that shit broke me out into. Like, what the fuck is Muda doing here? <laughs> oh man. Uh, and AW he wants to do a U.S. match. He wants to do a U.S. Man. match, so he he could show up on like the next pay per view or something. So uh, I don't know. Darby like, and Sting. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, so versus, up next- versus Death Triangle. <laughs> Win the belt? No, stop. Muda gonna get a belt. Look, if if look if KG Muto wins an AEW belt, he is automatically winning uh Finesse of the Year this year. There will, there's, be, there's, there will be no vote. Yeah, there ain't even no point even doing it. Like he won, whatever. In fact, we might call it KG Muto. Yeah. Especially given the shit we found out watch recovering Noah like this year and the said to start this year, like all this shit is ridiculous with him, man. All Girl, of it. Crazy. Um up next we had Bronson or Action Bronson and Hook taking on 2.0 or whatever. Um, Matt Menard and uh Angela Parker. What is their AW tag name? <sighs> I think it's 2.0. Just like it wasn't no, what was it? Uh, they were 3.0, I think. I Whatever. I'm not it's, sure. I don't even remember. Yeah, I used to host some um, weekly. I used to host some fucking weekly NXT podcast. Remember their names? <laughs> oh, but man, this was fun. Um, this was very fun. Action Bronson was hitting the ropes hard. Even yes, people Oklahoma stampedes. This yes. was short. Uh, Action Bronson yes. wrapped his way to the ring. He was over a lot. Um, I, I underestimated how. I, I underestimated how popular he would be in the building. Um, I knew he'd be popular. I I didn't know to that extent, but good to find out. Yeah, um, and this was this was very fun. One thing you also got to remember about about Action Bronson, uh, maybe maybe you do, maybe you don't know this. Like he also is like he also has a following because of like the cook show that he did that he was doing or still mm. does. Like so. Like it ain't just the rap. Yeah, yeah Catherine knows who Action yeah. Bronson is. Yeah, it ain't just. It's not just the rap. It's not just the rap. Yep. Um, and it was. Uh, I, I thought this was a good match, and 2.0 kind of proved their value again. Like they're those guys are excellent. So. They're perfectly fine tag team to get shit on. <clears throat> and Hook gets uh gets another strong look. Uh, this was tons of fun. Uh, we had Ward Joe. Uh, taking on Nice and Woods. This was domination yeah. uh, by Ward Joe. Uh, and then they had the uh, power bombs after the match on Mark Sterling. Uh, it posed off as Warlow showed the, uh, he pulled the straps down, showed the abs. Samoa Joe also showed the abs and they were holding the belts up. So, um, you know, Ward Joe. So that's, that's their, their thing. So, uh, up next, is that just then, like? Do you think it's just a special tag team, one-off thing, or do you think they're actually going to become a tag team? Nah, they're they're just like 
kind of doing something okay. right now. Um, up next, we got Jungle Boy versus Ray Phoenix. I fucking love this match. This was excellent. Um, it was a great match that I thought was sloppy <laughs> at a lot of points for, for those two. Um, for my expectations of those two and also the times I've seen them wrestle each other in tag matches. But it was still a great match nonetheless. Yeah, I was uh, I was really into this one. These guys got a lot of time, and from what yeah. I can tell, that this may have been edited down. Um, they it was definitely edited because you could tell from um, like the picture in picture, like jumping ahead to like coming back from break was mm-hmm. like they're in different spots and like what like they come from like I think either the first or the second uh, picture in picture, like they were outside the ring, and the next thing you know, like. On my copy that I have, I'm scrolling, you know, forward, and all of a sudden, oh, they're just in the ring, and the action's back. Like, oh, okay, you've, you've you've done something. You've done something yeah. here. I was like four and a third on this match. Um, I was like, I was really into this one. So, uh, Jungle Boy got the big win on Phoenix. So, uh, Jungle Boy is also like, you know, I'm seeing the uh, last couple of weeks is like renewed focus on Jungle Boy. Uh, a couple of big wins for him. So, I don't know exactly what's happening with him right now because they have. Lucasaurus uh, and Christian come out after the match. They have uh, Christian like run him down. Uh, he's he's very fresh, by the way, too. Um, Christian with the uh, the kind of the brown jacket and the matching shoes. Yeah, yeah, it was almost like a like a brown velvet or something, and something then like also that. with the brown matching shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, you know, of course, can't forget the turtleneck. Like yeah. turtleneck Christian Cage is like on a just another level than like the other Christians. Like I don't I. Like when when the world when MJF left and the world needed more villains, that man decided to show up and try and be a villain. And he's done a damn good job at it. Like he is so despicable. The shit he has said to Jungle Boy over these months, and like this man shows up like dressed like an evil like college professor, and it all works because he's older and shit. And like it all just ties together. It's like this isn't just like MJF. Saying all this, or, or sorry, MJF. This isn't just like Christian K saying all this foul shit to this kid about about his dead dad and his and his, his mom family. and all that stuff. This is also like the looks of like an evil professor, like trying to torture one of his students and breaking them, wanting them to like to to drop out his class. Like this all ties together. This like, is Terry Silver like the only like the only thing missing is like I want like some point where like they should catch Christian backstage like drinking wine out of glass. <laughs> like that's the only missing touch. Like he seems like such an adult and he's so tired of this young prick for some point for for, for, for not doing anything wrong just because he's an evil old guy. Like he's great. I I've been I very much enjoy asshole Christian Cage in a turtleneck yeah. every single time. Like in I I you know, I don't know how long he's out for, but like they're gonna try and keep this thing in the forefront of people that they're gonna get back to a match, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so Jungle Boy picks up another win. So uh, Luchasaurus uh, whoops his ass. Uh, Bill's Mafia says they need to get someone else to pair with Luchasaurus and have Christian manage them while he's recovering. It wouldn't be the worst idea. Um, yeah. So uh, Jericho basically announced a celebration of the Ocho. He blew off Daniel Garcia, who wanted to have a uh, signature word with him. So they're going to yeah. celebrate next week because, of course, Chris Jericho has to have a championship celebration. Um, yes. Then they, we got they had the Jericho champagne too. Yes, um, they had Sammy Guevara versus Eddie Kingston, and they came out uh, Kingston over a, a bunch. Uh, Sammy Kingston Guevara came out first, which was surprising. I thought they were going to do the standard 
Kingston's opponent comes out. Kingston walks straight down to the ring, takes off his stuff while walking down, and immediately does it. But they didn't. They didn't do that this time. I was surprised. Yeah. They had to. They played this uh, video Sammy Guevara put out of him whooping everyone's ass Dragon Ball Z style. Yes, that's exactly what that was. Huh? <laughs> so um, this was just like, like huh. the, the animation was like so poor compared to like the actual Dragon Ball Z anime. It was like the I almost wonder like did Sammy Look, do this? Did Sammy I, make, this, I make this animation? I didn't know the difference. So if I, if I pull up one, if I pull up a picture and put the, like even like the uh, the stuff from the um, that we got in the nineties or late nineties or whatever else, like it doesn't. Nah, like it was just oh. like because the shading, like you could tell by the there wasn't like the elaborate shade. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's, it's nerdy like drawing uh, talk about whatever. But it was like, oh, this is some real like so, this is bogus. <laughs> That's the way I took it. Like, oh, this is bogus. In a way that made it better, because it's like you know, people like to say that Sammy's like a phony and all this kind of stuff. It's like, of course, he have like Dragon Ball Z that like is like low budget like uh, uh, animation. <laughs> of course, that makes it even better. <laughs> Comes out with Ty Conti. on her best. Um, I'll say, um, and he comes out with the Dragon Ball color gear on. Uh, this was a this was an awesome match. Um, and then. Uh, Eddie Kingston beating the fuck out of him. Uh, lots of suplexes. Sammy was taking it back. Starts the match on the promo. Calls him the fat ass, which is like the working. The, we are we are now turning the the shoot into a work. Yep, what you're supposed to do. Um, yeah. So, and, but something tells me that like this time around, like when this happens, people won't say that like it was a work all along, much the same way that people will convince themselves about the Charlotte and Becky thing from last year. Some tells me, some tells me that won't happen. Yeah, like this was this was a this was a, a sign of of the of the end for the company. Yeah, for, for this yeah. one. So, yeah, um, yeah, but uh, they do like like they have a pretty good match, and then the finish happens, and Eddie like beats him essentially with the stretch plum, refuses to let the hold go, kind of like Bret Hart and um, Jerry Lawler, uh, and throughout the uh, the night on Ram or. Dynamite. There were questionable finishes. There was like you know Billy Gunn, like with the outside interference. There was Pack with the hammer. There yeah, was there, look. The, there was uh, Jericho with the with the kick and the dick right, and the, right, right. all that. So okay. So which which name the you just named three finishes. What was the, what was the first one you mentioned? Jericho with the kick and the dick. Well, okay, and you also mentioned uh, the, the Pack Billy with the hammer. Was the other one Billy, Billy Gunn, Gunn in, in, interfering? Billy Gunn did that. As retaliation for what Swerve did to Billy Gunn, like so that shouldn't, it, whatever I don't know, but it does it does play into the theme that they were going for on uh, the show that that was recorded two hours before this show that they're claiming is two separate shows that, that we're supposed to pretend, even though you know they're like so it's like it, all this tied together like okay one fundamentally if you are doing an angle involving a ref. Stop right there. Change your mind. Halt, pump the brakes on it. <laughs> so no one is paying in real sports or otherwise to see fucking refs. Period. I don't care Full about stop. the police. Full stop. Full I don't stop. care about the cops. So. And you should not care about the cops. In two. Two. He had already won the match. The match was decided. It was a finish. He beat his ass. It was over. And the ref stopped the fight because his ass was beating too badly to continue. 
You can't then say, you're still being his ass too much. I changed my mind. That doesn't happen to any other sanction. Like, when we talk about, you know, when we talk about, like, the, uh, like, wrestling is supposed to be a, is supposed to, to some extent, kind of match the themes of what happens in real fights or whatever else, they will not diverse a the decision. They might call it a no contest or whatever else, but they will not diverse a decision and give it to the other person. That would never happen. Someone gets soundly beat to where they have to stop, the ref have to stop the match, and then the match keeps going, and they say, oh, no, 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 you won't obey me, therefore I'm awarded to him. No, they just call it no contest throw it out. So, makes no sense. It's goofy, whatever else. Also, it's 2022. Stop, look, I understand Mid-South, all the stuff that influences um, Tony Khan. This one, no. Because of the rule, because of number one, no one cares about the fucking refs. So, like, the only people that care a, about the refs are I, these, like, are these cornet motherfuckers and, like, these people who are upset, like, tags are broken up, like, during, like, tag matches. Like, people are breaking up pins and shit. I'm like, yo, I don't care about the NWA rules. I don't, I don't, I don't care about the NWA like, rules. I don't, I don't care. care. I don't care. Like, I don't care. So, like, so, so for me, it's like, like and look. I hope TK doesn't bow down to this shit, like, by doing this. And, like, th- like, he sent out tweets. Um, like Thursday, like praising, like basically putting the storyline over on Twitter. Paul Turner responded, da, 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 we're going to tighten it up. Da, da, da. And then like he went even further with Sammy. Like, it sucks. Sammy got the benefit from this. Da, 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 da. And it's like, you know, Bill's Mafia said, I totally get it. It's just hilarious. After three years, they finally give a ref credibility. And but you're not giving them credibility. I don't, I don't think this that's is not, credibility. That's not the kind of though, credibility like, you give. Like these people got over them when they weren't paying attention. Like the, the, the like the ref's backs are turned. And there's dick, dick kicking the dick. There is a punch with the hand with the uh, ring hammer, and there is um, well, I don't know what the third thing that happened or whatever. I've already forgotten that fast. The, but like, the interference, all, interference. All these things happen when the refs back weren't turned. They weren't abusing these refs and bullying them or besmirching them, or whatever else. They got over. That happens in real sports all the time, and they don't then award the, the fucking Super Bowl to the losing team. That's fucking absurd. So like, <laughs> it, it just no one wants to see that. And also, it's like, the only reason why you did it is, is to continue this feud. Find another way to get the, There's a million angles to continue this feud. It's the first match for one. Ding, ding, ding. You can do it again. Like, this doesn't, this doesn't do anything. And, and this doesn't I do think anything the people that are complaining about the refing, I, I think the people that com- are complaining about the refing, doesn't this only bring them more into focus for them? Like, I prefer to pretend the refs don't exist personally because I'm not coming to watch the refs at any point. Um, yeah, like, the only point, the only point that okay, count a so, fall, look, count a submission. No, look, that's look, it. look. There are plenty of times with, with Red Shoes or with Daichi or with Earl Hebner or Triple H or Julia or Suzu Suzuki or um or Jay White or whatever else will get heat. Or hell, even Jericho would get heat with red shoes in, in in a New Japan match, whatever else. That happens, and that's fine, and that's the reason why you have refs and all that kind of stuff. But it, it, it Jericho would also Aubrey Aubrey Aubrey, right? Where it's like they do some stuff, they blow a hissy fit, and they think they can give the the ref guff, the guff, the ref sticks up for themselves, whatever else. And you appreciate it because that's a way of for, for the wrestler to get heat or whatever else. So there are absolute uses for referees in those instances or whatever else um but i but when it turns into like controversial finishes fuck off we no one wants that like no one does like period like if, i don't know how, how no one has figured this out but we're telling you now don't do this a slippery slope playing with this like 
I'm not concerned about it. I'm not concerned about the thing you're talking about as far as like uh, him falling from uh, like the the metacritical critiques of refs and pro- and fake fighting. I don't think I don't know if he is falling that or not. I'm not really. That's not really my concern. My whole thing is like, don't do this. This sucked. There's a and there's a million other ways that you can continue a feud. I've seen you do it for the past three years. Find something else or use something again that you haven't used in a minute to do to get another rematch or uh, get a second match between these two if you feel the need to. But like that was just a downer. And it's like there was no need for Eddie Kingston, like for Eddie Kingston in New York City to be to like to kill off the goodwill of him losing in, in New York City. That's fucking dumb. Well, Sam Guevara is calling himself the king of New York now. So that's pretty funny. Um <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> um after that, we got Jade Cargill and Diamante. Man, if we had, uh, like, we may have, like, we talking about LeBron James. You bummed a week, weeks Diamante, right here. Yeah. Oh my God! Like, if there were like different weight size trophies, this is a hundred pound trophy of being a bum. Like, <laughs> this this is a woman. You introduce this woman on Wednesday, right? Um, two hours later. Cut two hours shit. later. Cut the shit. Two hours later. Two hours later. We're not even to play this game. Later. Like that shit was changed. She, she's like, you know, I got the OG, the, the the baddest bitch, you know, Trina. And I don't know, James. Anyone could have come to us at any time and and said the the baddest bitch from the three oh five. Who else would that be, James? Right. <laughs> You know rappers are showing up on this program. You know rappers are all over rap right now uh, trying to get involved with the wrestling sphere. I believe yeah. Little Scrappy is wrestling right now as we record this. Um, yeah, what's the name of that promotion? Battle Slam. In right, right, right. So um, Trina comes out with Diamante. Um, Jade destroys Diamante. Yeah, she, <laughs> she, she is not even kicks. Like uh, Diamante took a, I think a dive off the top rope and on the floor after Jay was. Just oh, that was cool. Leg damage catches her, and not only did she catch her, it was off F5. balance. But Jay's so fucking strong that like she wobbled and still balanced and caught her, and she while she still like like uh, have to use like part of the barricade to like balance her way back up, and then did her slam off of it. Yeah, that shit was awesome. Oh no, no it wasn't a slam. It was uh, she f five her, her on the yeah, apron. Yeah, that, that shit and, was. And Jericho was like, I've never seen it before. Yeah, you have. <laughs> Cut the shit. But but it was awesome. It was awesome because yep. it didn't go perfectly. And it made it look more impressive. She beats her, and then Trina gets in the ring yes. and turns on Diamante and slaps her. Yes, <laughs> and then joins with Jay. And I'm like, this makes more sense. Like she should be with the baddies. That's kind of like yeah. Like I don't take the, Diamante the, the, wore that wore that Miami Heat jersey for nothing. Yes. I don't take Trina for the type like like the Trina that I knew growing up seemed like she would be with the baddies like she doesn't seem like she's rolling with like Diamante. Sorry, like it it does make sense. good booking. Tony Khan, Tony Khan figured this out as well. So, um, yeah, you, you think Tony Khan was a Trina fan by any chance? I was. That's all that matters to me. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> Pull over. Pull over. So, oh, we had the Golden Ticket Battle Royal after that. First two men out were Hangman Page and Roosh. Roosh attacks them in the alley. And there were they were pulling out dudes I ain't seen in years in this match. I think Brian Cage was running yeah, around. Brian Cage was there. Man. 
Bro, I knew, I knew. The I was boys. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this? When I was like, they were showing different camera angles, and all of a sudden I saw uh, Dalton Castle's boys, two boys out there at ringside. I was like, I, and I, I hadn't even seen Dalton Castle. I just saw the boys, and I was like, Dalton Castle's in this fucking match. Are you kidding me? Uh, so, so yeah, man, there was, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, how do you say this, um, Last from the past, if you will, the yeah. AEW like this a lot, was, a lot this of men was, on the card. This, this in a, this lot, match. a lot of AEW lore out there in that ring. You know, we, we got a reconciliation with Matt Hardy and Private Party, so they've been uh, Matt's yeah. been trying to appeal to them, and or it was like just a nice little reunion they had here. Um, Lee Moriarty was out there. Morrissey was out there. So, um, so Morrissey right. was not in the match. Right, he was just out there. So you know how um, how I said that. Uh, I think it was support for like the firm with uh, Moriarty in there, because uh, also I saw by uh, Morrissey was uh, Stokely. Um, so you know I said like this is like the WrestleMania. Well, this is the, this was the Andre. You stupid! It just throwing any, any any of anybody on the card that you know if you, if you if you're available, you want to be on the show, well, put your ass out there. But like, <laughs> but you got to get your ass out of there before we get to Rush and, and the Hangman Page. Um, yeah, so yeah. so a couple of the notable eliminations were Lee Moriarty did eliminate Dan Garcia, so that probably is going to set up something with those guys. Um, Roosh got a few eliminations, got rid of some Dark Order guys like yes. Silver, got rid of Mark Quinn, um, Lance Archer, threw out Beretta, um, yeah. Dan Garcia threw out Castle, um, Cage uh, threw out Chuck Taylor, um, there were Dan Housen was out of there. My man Ari Davari was in there. He was the first man thrown out uh, by that. Pentagon. <clears throat> Jay Lethal threw Pentagon out. Um, Penta eliminated Lance Archer uh, and Silver. Or Page got rid of the Butcher, and we were down to Page. Who, and who did was it? Did Sing save Lethal after Lethal got launched out the ring, and then like and, and then Sing just caught him and threw him right back in? I don't remember. Yeah, there was a um, spot where like Singh caught somebody out of midair and just threw his ass right back in. It was impressive. Yeah, um, but uh, Paige ended up with Roosh at the very end, and they had a nice, solid, like little mini match. I, yep. I'm, I would probably guess that they're going to book that as a singles match coming up it. sometime soon. That would be awesome. Uh, and Hangman Page ended up getting a win. So James. We are getting Hangman Page versus John Moxley on that Tuesday AEW show that's coming up. Uh, when is it? I believe it's in October, okay. October eighteenth, maybe. Okay. Um, so, so that's gonna be program on it. That's cool. That's gonna be a really cool match. First time singles matchup. Uh, these guys got history. Like going back to the last ladder match, they faced each right. other in a tag match before. Um, and we knew this was gonna be probably what Page would would run into after he immediately won the title. So, um, yeah. this is I'm sign me up. This should be this should be really good. Yep. Um, I hope I hope uh, Phil enjoys um, seeing uh, Hangman Page back in the title match. Um, well, it's fine. But, He's gonna lose. So it doesn't matter. He'll lose, but I think it's um, good for him that he is like Maybe getting a focus again. He'll be doing something like important that's not involving the Young Bucks again. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, after that, we got a lights out match between Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs. And these guys only had about 
10 or 11 minutes to do their thing. It was very late uh, at night. I heard local time. It was like around 12, 20 when this match got started. Lots of people left, but these two guys worked really hard in this match. They beat the fuck out of each other. Um, Hobbs, of course, like black superhero entrance. Um, <laughs> and uh, Starks decided he was going to bump like a like a, like a a madman. And they, uh, they they had a pretty impressive match. They had here. a very good match. Yeah. So, um, I don't like you know, obviously it's a lights out match. This is a uh, I like the I like the storytelling psychology of it. Like St- Hobbs is overwhelming and overpowering, and like Starks is holding on. And um, like they also did the spot that I like in no DQ match with a with a gigantic hill babyface dynamic. Where like the, I, it's Triple H ism. It's like okay, you're a bad guy. Like when you it looks like the babyface has is going to win in the last second. This is no DQ match. Dick kick. Which leaves for later for the babyface to come back and kick the heel in the dick. I, I always love that in ODK matches because it's like it's legal, but it's immoral at the same. It's unethical, <laughs> and like you're an asshole because you have stooped this level. And like when the babyface gets you back, it's just it's just simple. It's just simple storytelling of you know. I, I've always loved it. I've always loved it. You, you, you hit, give him the receipt. So uh, I thought I you know um, the spot where. Uh, they end up, you know, at the top of the ramp. Hobbs grabs uh, like a piece of the lighting off of the uh, the entrance ramp. That shit was crazy. And <laughs> Starks crawls back. Uh, Starks able to uh, spear um, him through the table. Hobbs is still because he's so overwhelming and powerful. Is still able to try to get back, and he tries to grab the the lighting piece. Starks gr- puts his foot over it on some Undertaker. Triple H sledgehammer shit takes it and bash it across his fucking head and pins him, and then hit uh, Rochambeau. I loved it. Also, Ricky Starks uh, pulled some Adam Cole shit. He put the two ta- or the two chairs and put the uh, this yeah the, the backs of them together, and then he teased in Rochambeau, and then he got back body dropped onto him. I was like, this look, man, you see Adam Cole is out of commission right now, doing shit. Obviously, it's his labor and whatever, but he's do shit like this to his spine. So don't do that. That's not good for you. Do not do that. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a really good match. It was a really good match. Um, I I I, I contemplated four stars on it. I, I yeah, I think it was like because it was because like, like they were you know kind of zooming through some things, but like it was a it was a really fun match. Yeah, I, I was probably like you know three and three quarters to four. Like I'm yeah. you know in that area. Same. But um, like yeah, like two very strong nights for for uh aw with those uh, events of course they always peak for this show seemingly um you know for throughout the summer they kind of build it up for this um to, to go against like you know like once football starts they want a big show so um we've got the road to i guess that tuesday show which is i'm sure they're gonna load that shit up like big time like they're blowing the a, a hangman mox match which you know uh, if I, and if anything is taught TK this shit like stop waiting to hold stop holding on to shit like you never know where you're gonna be able to use it because people might get hurt or people might go into business for themselves yep or quit like you know (laughs) so um like bro I really wanted that Malachi versus Kenny Omega match I really did I really did and it's never gonna happen it's put on the list next to like the Gargano and Pete Dunne stuff or Gargano and O'Reilly stuff that I always wanted never got Sad, sad things, sad things. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you said you had something for stardom, right, James? Yeah, uh, I have the Friday Corbin Hall show that they uh, did. I have that. 
well, I guess there's only one thing left to do, James. Hit the music! Okay, so on Friday, um, Stardom ran a Corican Hall show. Now, this is, the, I think, the fourth Corican Hall show of the tournament, and they are three for four on, like, just, like, borderline, you know, some of the best shows of the year in pro wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the first two were of the ilk of this show. The third one was kind of like a throwaway just throughout there. Um, they ran it on, like, a, I think it's like a Monday or something like that a couple weeks ago. And, like, the car wasn't stacked like some of these Corbin Hall shows have been. But, like, uh, the, other, the other three were just, like, outstanding shows. Uh, some of the best shows in stardom this year. Uh, the best shows that weren't, especially the best shows that weren't pay-per-views. Like, just even better than some of the pay-per-views they've had. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, um, as far as the standings, um, I will basically update you guys um, up to um, this show. Uh, at the end of this uh, review or whatever else. But um, first match ended up being... Oh, wrong note. Um, first match ended up being uh, Hannon versus Suzuki. Um, good match. Hannon, they basically used her as a person. They like She's in there. She's a future champion, but she has lost every match. She ends up losing this match to Suzu. Uh, but in the meantime, between time, they had a, they had a good match. Uh kind of in the fitting of a of a, what has been of late like the pay-per-view format for stardom where it's like you put hannah in the opener and then you have her have a good professional wrestling match and then you move on with the rest of the card because that's mm-hmm. the kind of depth of the roster and um suzu you know gave her stuff and at the end you know established dominance ended up winning with a bridging lift german suplex um for i gave it three flat stars um has this show hit the service yet uh no, it's because it's on the pay per view thing, so it won't be up until like that's right on Friday. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So like Tuesday it'll be up. Okay, all right. Um, so then from there on uh next match, so they did a uh, announcement between an announcement between matches. Kyrie does a video saying that she is um, throwing her name in the hat for the uh IWGP Women's Tournament. Um. So I think uh, for um I th- okay so on the um, foreigner side it starts at Royal Quest October second and third I can't remember which was date but it's one of the two Royal Quest shows and then on the ten twenty three show that they're doing I'm pretty sure it's gonna be pay per view don't know but I'm just gonna assume um, they're doing uh, the domestic side of the pay per view um, looking at the card setup so far there's still a surprise left for who's going to be. Um, on uh on the western side, but like Mayu's in it, Kyrie's in it. Pretty sure that the the mess side is going to be the better end of the tournament. A tournament that you're actually going to care about, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, so um, next match after that is Ida versus uh versus Nasipoi. Just Nasipoi, just like <laughs> they they start teasing pose off things because you know like. Ida's big and bulky and muscular and built like a damn running back that's 4'9", and, like, Nasapoy is ripped. Like, 
Uh, so, like, they do a little bit of a pose-off stuff or whatever else for, like, a couple seconds. And then, like, Ida just eats her up with chops and Natsupoi is just, like, hitting these fucking chops. And then Natsupoi finally, uh, is able to thwart her. And then she starts, like, you know, doing, like, the immature thing she does. Like, she she does, like, the biting thing. Like, she, like she's taking whatever else is funny. Um, but they continue wrestling. And the matches are getting really good. Um, ultimately, at the end, um... Natsupoi ends up beating her with an SOS, like the Kofi kicks an SOS. Uh, I only recall her doing it a couple times at stardom, so I was like, oh, I, she dusted that one off. That's cool. Uh, I ended up giving her three and a half. Really good match. Um, next match ends up being Kogo versus uh, All Cap Saki. Um, it felt like they were playing off their history in Act Rest Girls. I don't know that history, but like <laughs> mostly it's, you know, Saki is, you know, power wrestler. Um, or strong girl wrestler and, you know, Kogo is just in there to fight for her life every match. So, uh, she gave her some things and cut her off and then eventually hit her with a, um, blue thunder bomb through blue thunder bomb and got the win. I ended up giving it, uh, two and three quarters. Um, next match ended up being Kaguma versus Izumi. And like, they basically had a comedy version of like their high speed stuff or whatever else you've seen. You've seen it them in the ring before. It's always good. I ended up giving it three and a quarter. Um, Niagara Driver said that she uh, said that he um, was talking about. Pe- I guess apparently people were complaining about um, Kaguma's tournament, and I was mm-hmm. like, "It's perfectly fine for what she normally does. Like she's a person that does comedy matches. A person that like, go out there and have short matches." And then he said that um, he also thinks that like whatever you think of how bad or whatever else Kaguma's tournament is, he thinks the same of Azumi's. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Nah, nah." Uh, like one, I don't think there's a single match, or I don't think there's any matches that um, Kuma's best matches are anywhere close to the type of level of match that Azumi has had. And plus, and then and then he like looking at the conversation he was in, he was talking about how like compared to Azumi's contemporaries like Suzu, like Kid, like Natsupoi, the, the high speed, like they're having a better tournament. I was like, yeah, they are. They're in the one. They're in a better block, and two. They're allowed to get match time to go have go out there and kill it, as opposed to Azumi, who, like, oh, you're wrestling Tam, and at a Corker Hall show, how much time are you gonna give her? Seven minutes, fifteen seconds? Okay. Oh, she's like in the she's on pay per view versus the world champ. How much time are you gonna give her? Not ten minutes, just nine and a half. Okay. Uh, still had a great match. Um, same for the Tam. At Tam match, I gave it three and three quarters, but it's like seven minutes, fifteen seconds. Like. Oh, she's on pay-per-view against Utami. Oh, she can't get seven minutes? She has to be like six minutes and change? Okay. Um, Micah, seven minutes. Reese Sarah, five so, or less so than maybe six minutes. So maybe you're saying it like more as a case of booking doesn't respect her enough yet. Uh, well, for me, it was like, I was surprised that he said it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, are you not... It. Yes, she has not had as many good, like, great matches as her contemporaries, like the Suzu, the, the Suzus, the kids, the Nazipoys, but she also is not being positioned to go out there and do that. And, like, that's, and, like, when people talk about, like, the, the Starlight Kid versus Zumi thing, and, like, people are, like, uh, Starlight Kid is, like, leaving her in the dust, it's, like, yeah. Nah, she'll catch, well, she'll catch up. Like, it's like that's, how, that's how it goes. It goes, like, boom, boom, no, boom. No, Mm, like right, but it's like, but they, but they're that's not how it's recognizing always that they're doing, they're, they're like they're treating. 
they're treating it as if it's a real thing and it's a real like pro like it's a real sport like it's like it's manning brady but without analogy for the part where it's like there is a there is a person deciding to put position somebody here and another person has been positioned there therefore is not exactly apples to apples in there, the way there you is do a that. real life element to it because like you know john we uh chad matthews talks about john cena and batista basically racing to, to the, top. the main event at, yeah that's what tam right. and julie are doing right now all year that's what right. they've done all year and, and i think on a, a lower scale like i i think people feel like azumi and starlight kid are racing what yeah, I, yeah I, I mean what you can do saying, that with, i mean mjf and darby right all right. What I'm saying is that, or I think you're saying as well too, is like there's always going an even point like that we'll be able to look at. Like so, like uh, while Starlight Kid had the um, high speed belt earlier this year, mm-hmm. she gave it up to give it to Azumi to for Starlight to graduate. Now she gets to do her thing with it. Once she's like done her thing with it, she gets to meet Starlight Kid on that level after that. And then who knows, she could take the next step. And then Starla has kept back up to hers. Like it could right. all kind of balance out. That's how it, that's how it should work. Right. If, if, it's an, if it is a, a robbery, a career long robbery between the two as they age, that as they, they should both surpass each other and then have the other one come eventually catch them. Unless it turns into which we're like, so one of them is so much of a bigger star off. to where you just can't, you, it makes no sense. Right. But it's not at that level right now because they're both positioned as they are like the the next up, if you will, over the next four or five years, what what have you. Mm-hmm. But like the thing is like I've seen Starlight Kid main event a number or main event or some main event in big spots like for a couple of years now. Like they have never I think Star I think Azumi has main evented a pay per view or sorry, main evented a show. A sh- one show, not a pay per view, a show in a singles capacity, one time ever. Like, mm-hmm. we're not exactly like comparing apples to apples here. Like, we're 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 giving someone else more stuff to then go ball, while the other person that like, if you go just put them in the same situations, is probably actually better in the ring. And you're saying you're giving her less. You're saying, hey, you gotta if you want your four star match, you gotta go get it. If- Six minutes is fifty five seconds against Utami. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you're stuck on three and three quarters. I guess he had a bad tournament. I'm like that. I don't think that that's unrealistic expectation. And I don't think that if you put that if you were to put foot switch this, it will go. It will go any differently. You know what we need? We I, need I, just, I just found it to be weird that he said that. That's all. You know, we, you know what we need? We need a stat dork to uh, come up with I, like a PR rating <laughs> for. A Starlight Kid and the Zumi and star ratings for match time, like and see and boil it down to one number, and then we can figure out like oh what the uh, decided advantage is here. No, but it made me out. No, but I'm just like I, I'm. I'm like I'm watching. I'm thinking, okay, one, she's in a better block. Two, she's in there with uh, and giving more time because of where she is right now. And like I don't understand how like what it has to do with. Like when you mentioned that's boy Susan blah, blah, and blah blah, I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know. Like obviously, I think if Natsupoi was in the red, was in the other block, like she would have match with the Hameka match and the Micah match would be big deal. Obviously, that'd be another match with Tam, whatever else. But like, if she's only going to get seven minutes for that shit, I don't know how much she's going to be able to really ball instead of getting thirteen. I just don't, I just don't know. But like, I don't think that is her stuff is lacking in quality minute to minute while watching her. I think she's still amazing. So I, I just I, I thought it was weird. I just thought like, well, I just can't give her four stars because because it went seven minutes. I just can't. It's, we it's need we need 
We um, need star ratings per 36 minutes. That's what we need. <laughs> <Per> 36 minutes. <laughs> All right, Simmons. Uh, so anyway, um, we were talking about... Oh, Azumi and Kaguma. So they end up having like, a, I don't know, I think it went like seven minutes or five minutes or something, something like that. Well, like five, six <clears> minutes, I ended up giving it like three and a quarter. Um, and it was also a comedy match, whatever. Um, so uh, Kaguma ends up uh, catching Azumi with a Kuma roll or whatever else. And uh, they have a match, a triple threat match on, I think, a tri- no, I'm not triple threat match, but uh, Azumi has a title, a high speed title defense and a triple threat match. And actually interesting, like the the match where Hazuki lost the high speed match was the same matchup. It was Azumi and um or was it Kid? Either way, whatever. It's Fuking a Death, Azumi in in um in Azuki, Azumi in Death and Next High Speed match. I, I forgot when it's but it's soon. Um but Kaguma ended up pinning Azumi, which like you looking at the points is like she had to lose, otherwise she would have been too far ahead and she would have like won the tournament right then and there because she had to tiebreaker over Micah and over Tam at the time. So she had to lose, so you saw it was coming. Um next match you end up getting uh Saki Kashima versus Risa. And like this match is one of those things where like you're looking at the points, everyone knows the points, and you know that like Risa can't get to uh I think she's at she'd be at I think she's at 15 if she or 13 if she wins she gets a 15 and she's in charge of the block and like like she goes into she goes into like the final show as a front runner and like you just know that's not gonna happen and you also see the story that they told with Saki Kashima in the tournament where like she loses to everybody except for the top six people that are going to be eligible um and alive come to final out of the show so like she has she has clapped she has gotten her ass beat in all these matches, but then at the end just wins with the stupid, with the, with the you know her flash crucifix pin. She has clapped Tam. She has clapped Shuri. She has clapped Utami. She has clapped Hameka. So it's like, it was, and she uh, in like the last night, like I said, the front runner in the block is Azumi. She faces Azumi the final night. She's gonna close the door on her. Uh, so it's like Risa's Risa's in the hunt too. So it's like, oh, she's about to clap Risa. Sure enough. Risa goes in there and she puts on the big goofy comedy face of like, I'm beating the shot of this woman and it's fun and I'm playing games with her and I'm kicking her ass and I'm destroying her left and right and I'm ragged on this woman and I got like, I got like 40 pounds, maybe 50 pounds on this woman. I'm just destroying her. And then at the very end, right before, at the moment of truth, you know what's coming. We all see it's coming. Like she has a hand her with a fucking crucifix pin and, and she is pinned and Risa can't believe that she got caught in this, and she has these, these super comical faces and it's like, I understand why they did this because they didn't want like the top six people to be too far, like to kill off like the middle of the pack or whatever else. But like, mm-hmm. I, I wish it had been somebody that was having better quality matches than to go out there and get your ass kicked for a low three star match. And then like win on, win with your, with your, with your little move at the end. Like if this was Tekla, it had been so much better because Tekla had better matches while doing this, but it was like, but it, like once you got past like the first three of them, you're like, oh, this is what they're doing. They're just beating, just beating. She's basically giving everybody a fake L. Well, so everybody's at the top is eating it. But, but it's been funny, like and comical, like when like she called it Tommy. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, <laughs> Tommy? Are you serious, Shuri? Really, Shuri? Okay, whatever. Um. But yeah, it was it was a fun match while it was because like you can see the faces that, that Reese is making like it, it, it's just comedy like she it's almost Saki like Kashima knows who she is in life yeah and is like, working for her bro, but it's funny because it's like she's gonna end up six and six and she beat the top six 
like people in this shit. And she's is hey. lost all the losers. It's funny. Saki got more points than Momo right now. She does. Both Momos. <laughs> Prophecy. Both Momos. Yeah. Um, Look, yeah. if Saki finishes in front of Momo. I think they're both going to end up at six and six. Just in like, but the role, but the thing is ultimately like what it's going to come down to is like, she plays like, uh, Saki all, all tournament plays spoiler <laughs> for all the top wrestlers and they ultimately close the door in the front runner. So she's a spoiler. And on the other end, it looks like Momo has to beat everybody in like the last, in her last three matches, whatever else. And they're all big names. So like it may, almost makes up for the part where like she ends up 500 where, where like, okay, well she's going to probably clap Suzuki. She already clapped Julia. Um, we'll get to that in a second. And I think she also she probably is going happen this weekend or on for on Saturday. But like I imagine she clapped Mayu too. So don't tell me. I don't know, but um, I imagine that's going to be the case. So it, we'll see. But uh, yeah. So um, next match after that, you end up getting um, Mariah versus uh, Starlight Kid. Very good match. Um, it was basically Mariah is trying to work over Kid with power, obviously, and um, work her arm to try to get uh get her um hoverboard locked. She calls him a, a Miramare, and then Starlight Kid, like pretty much ever since the um the build towards her white belt match shit she lost uh, a couple months ago against Kamatani, has been like working on like leg work. In her matches, so it's arm work versus leg work. It's arm work of Mariah versus leg work of uh, Kid. Ultimately, at the end, um, very good stuff. Ultimately, at the end, Mariah or Starlight Kid makes Mariah tap out to a um, just tap out. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. She works her over. She's incapacitated, and then like uh, she is hits her with a top rope moonsault. I think she kicks, and then she ends up hitting her with a uh, a a variation of a, of a bridging suplex. I, I think it's called a star driver or star mm-hmm. suplex. Um, and they're giving it three and three quarters, a very good match. Um, then the next match is Kamatani versus Mina. Now I already know the points. I know that like Kamatani where she is, like she has to lose. Otherwise she's just going to win. Uh, given what her, her, um, her opponent on the final night is. She assuming she's going to win that. Um, cause you know, even though you, it makes sense that like if you have a champion, you don't have the win, but you have them also like find a way to like win them last night to give them like a you know a nice going off and going you know going out strong, going to turn strong. So uh, <laughs> Mina's in there. Mina has played like this babyface underdog in all of her matches very well. Like she caught an upset over um, Big Ami and like made her tap out to a figure four. She's been working on this figure four and like. That pattern that into her game along with like the the, the, the mid kick she's been doing lately, and she's been doing a great job. And she's had like near upsets that have been really, um, really fun. Like against Mariah where she almost won, against Kid where she almost won, just came up a little short. So uh, she's in a Kamatani, and like is basically like Kamatani um, in the second half of this tournament is like gotten over like this crying loser thing and actually feels like the champion again, which I thank God. Um, like I think it was a Hazuki match where it finally like flashed for her. It's like, nah, I ain't got to do this no more. I ain't got to do this no more. Like I'm, I'm been a chef for a while. Like, stop crying. So, uh, but it it was just back and forth and like Mina's going to going to town on the leg and everything. And then like she kind of overwhelms Kamatani at the very end. And like then Kama, and then Mina gets her up and hits a um 
I think it hits her with like two or three uh, Orokins and then like hits her with like a, a Thunder Fire Driver and gets the win. And like that's kind of the biggest win of singles win of her career. Um, mm. She's crying and like Tam's in the main <coughs> event. But like halfway up the card, she she just comes out anyway uh, to be at the ring. So I was like, oh, she's definitely winning. But it was fun. Like uh, I know giving I thought about giving this four. Uh, but I did. I ended up giving a uh, three and three quarters. Really good match. And like, I think that you know, I think that their featured lift match will be even better. Um, if and when they have a white belt match. Um, next match after that, Julia versus Momo. And this was the match that was stolen from us from when Julia went down. Like this was going to be the final night match that they were going to have, where Julia was probably going to beat Momo and then been in the final. Um, in last year's Grand Prix, unfortunately, it happened. It's like a match has kind of been saved between like the top, you know, top, you know, fourth of wrestlers in the company, where like they haven't, they kind of never have done it. So, I spent some big things in this match. I spent in like this could be one of the very best matches of the tournament. I I can't say it was. It was it was mm-hmm. very good. I gave it three and three quarters, but like I was disappointed watching it. Um. That's funny. That's funny because like as soon as you said it was very good, I knew exactly the rating you were gonna give it. <laughs> oh, when I go to below, it's very like, start a match. I'm disappointed. I'm just very good. Like it's 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 three and three quarters, and like it's marred by a lot. Like it's weird match because like it's marred by a lot of like the stuff that happens that I think are like bad happens. Really, the matches where like she'll just she loves to go to the outside, and also you know all the time matches like at times they'll just go to the outside immediately, and it's not like it feels purposeless. It's, like just just to waste time. But, like, once they got back to the ring and, like, uh, I don't know, at the halfway part of the match, like, there's some really great stuff in it. And then, like, you know, then she grabs the wrench. And then, like, she's tussling with the ref over, because oh, the ref saw her with the wrench. And then, like, Momo looks like a fucking moron. Uh, and then, like, you know, like, she still happens to get the, gets the advantage back. And then, like, she blasts her with a, with a punt. Or she goes to blast julia with a punt julia gets out the way and then eventually she's still getting punted and then like momo gives her a uh a, you know the the pump handle bridge suplex and then momo like and then julia kicks and then like momo hits her like three up three more of them back to back to back and then like she wins and like you can hear the crowd groan when they knew that like momo was going to win and it's like yeah man that's not a good idea to have her do all this heat stuff or whatever else if that's going to the result is like oh she oh she's gonna win like that kind of stinks like she, she's so good, and I'm getting she's getting the groan, and like she's still having like quality matches. Like that sucks, but um, yeah, still very good match. I'm getting three and three quarters. Uh, then the some main event was Mayu versus Suzuki, and they just went out there and they just wrestled their asses off, and like the the matches, it's they wrestled it like with like switching each other up and counter each other's moves. As if like this is like the third match of a trilogy. But, like, they haven't rushed it since 2019, so that was cool. Um, and then, like, Mayu just, like, just kicks her head off a million times and then goes up for a moonsault and pins her. Um, and, you know, with the points, because Hazuki started out so fast, like, you knew Mayu was going to win. I didn't mm-hmm. know she was going to win like that, but, like, I ain't seen, like, this kind of dominant Mayu, like, in a minute. And, like, it was fun to see her just go out there and have a back and forth with somebody and, like, establish I'm supposed to. It's supposed to be like, you know, when she was a champion at the end of her stretch, it was like she was holding on for dear life at all times. Uh, so this yeah, is I remember that. That shit was like it was it was bro. incredible because she's so good at it. But it's like, 
but I kind of like the matches like, you know, her stuff, like her Grand Prix match 2020 against like Mayu or like, um, like her matches with, that she always has with Momo where like there's a back and forth edgy as she or stuff she has with Julia this year. There's back and forth, you know, any, any little mistake and someone could be done type of thing. Uh, that find that to be, I find that to be more entertaining than her being the underdog baby face sometimes, even though she's still great at it. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, she came out and just blasted her head off like with a basement super kick and then a a, a buzzsaw kick and then went for the moonsaw and got to win. I ended up giving four and a quarter. I love this match. They they killed it. And I still think there's, you know, if they you know, title match length, they could do even better, especially because the pacing was so excellent. And then Tam versus Shuri. This is one of the best matches of the tournament. They like it's almost as good. It, it might be as good as their title match, except with like less time. Yeah, it was like I think they like finished like right at the buzzer, right at the buzzer, or right before the buzzer, like like fourteen minutes and forty five seconds, something like that. Um, and I can't wait till this show goes up. Yeah, so <laughs> so um, Matt wrestling, sure he gets the better. Obviously, they end up on the outside. Um, I, somehow they end up they end up on the outside. They end up getting back in. Uh, I can't twist the turns of it, but basically, like. Um, more or less, it's just like it's like the first match without the stage dive on the outside. It's shorter. Um, the selling's excellent. Um, ever since the title defense, the tag title defense, um, Tan's been working with a um, with a taped up arm from Mariah working over her arm for the past couple weeks, two weeks ago, whatever else. So it, she's tied into her matches at times, and like uh, obviously she's you know with Shuri, so Shuri's gonna pick it up. And, like, they did a sequence where, like, they're both on the top rope. Uh, Shuri's on the outside, was on the inside facing out, and Tam's on the outside facing in. And, like, uh, they're having a strike exchange, or elbow exchange at the top. Tam wins it. Shuri, like, leans over. Tam ass kicks kicks the back of her head. It thuds. She she falls into the ring. Shuri fires up, gets back in the ring, or gets back up and slaps shit out of Tam. And then she gets up. Uh, on the middle rope and then she shoot head butts her and then she grabs Tam's arm and does like the flip off uh into a Kimura lock on the bo- on the ground it was awesome um and then you know Tam fights back she uh there's uh they end up on the outside like Tam ends up germining her on the floor they end up back inside uh Tam hits a flirt they have a change where they meet and cut they come from the opposite corners and run Tam ducks a kick and Hits her with like a, a super kick, then a then the spinning back kick, uh, then hits her with like four V or four um uh oh my god what's it called uh four uh, bicycle knees like front back side to side, then goes up and gives her like the the volley, uh, screwdriver drops her on her fucking neck, um doesn't get the pin, goes up to give her the uh um, the Twilight Dream suplex, her super suplex still hasn't been able to hit it on Shuri keep that noted um so she escapes and then um sure or sure he slaps on another arm submission on the bad arm tam gets the ropes uh tries him out one last uh comeback sure he just shuts her down and then slaps on a sleeper a sleeper and then turn into some modified crazy fucking sleeper and then tam passes out and like at this point the video package is like before this was Shuri won the tournament last year. She now is basically like, uh, for like the last few matches, it's been like, if you lose, you're eliminated. You're mathematically, you can't get in. It's like, she has like four losses. 
Um, and given the how well top of the field is, like she can't survive it or whatever, based off who she has tiebreakers she's lost to and all that kind of stuff. So she has to win out to, you know, to stay alive. Otherwise, she'd be eliminated on this day. And like, it's like a weird almost and one year anniversary of like when Tam and Shuri had their match in the Grand Prix last year, and Tam fought like hell because she was fighting to stay to save off elimination, and Shuri fucking murdered her in cold blood to it to end it. And, like, it was playing off that whole year. And then, like, also tells the story of, like, Shuri, uh, Shuri is now 3-0 against Tam. Tam, now, she, uh, she, if she had won, she would have almost basically, like, locked up, um, winning the block. Now, she has to, um, or she already, and she would already had, like, the, in her back pocket, like, I beat you in the tournament, you owe me a title shot. Now, it's like, if you want to get to Shuri, this woman you can't fucking beat, you have to win this tournament. Period. In the discussion, there, there is no, like, Oh, you know, I beat her, but I lost to Utami and I lost to Saki. So whatever, I'll still get on a title shot. I was like, no, fuck that. The only way you can get to her because you can't beat this woman at all is you have to win this tournament to beat her. And now she's three and oh, she shut off your, she, she ended your tournament last year in a time when like she was more desperate. She still beats you, even though she's the champion, she has nothing to fight for. Like what she got now. Uh, so it was really, it was really a great, like, whole presentation of the video package in the match and like I, I mean i think i think the only other i think the only two matches that are in the discussion for being better than this in the tournament i think personally are um the shuri and utami match and julian hazuki i think some other people will probably say um starlight kid in uh julia uh, i'm not as high, high on that match as everybody else like i'm not in that like it might be it might be in discussion for four and a half i just think it's like a four and a quarter match uh but uh, yeah, like uh, this tournament has been awesome. Um, it really has, and um, can't wait for the Saturday show to be up because the Saturday show is Utami versus Tam, and that's like a de facto. That's the person that's going to win. Whoever won that, if someone actually won it, or if it's a draw, whatever else, we'll see. But like, if if somebody were to win that, that's probably the person that is going to win the block. Uh, but yeah, um, great tournament so far. I uh, I guess we'll cover. I'll cover at some point. I'll do a show and cover more of the tournament in like over the two months or whatever else, and talk about top matches and. Uh, story beats throughout the whole thing uh, before getting to the show, the, the final on October 1st. But so I'll do a show sometime midweek, depending on electricity issues and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, love this show and I've loved the tournament so far. And like they've had so many like killer shows in this tournament, like even beyond just working all like this thing has kicked G1's this year's G1's ass, like just kicked his ass. Um, so yeah, uh, trying to think, is there anything else? Um, that's pretty much in the show. Is there anything else you want to bring to the table? Um, I'm afraid I'll spoil something about Stardom, so I'll wait. Um, <clears throat> but um, make sure you guys are subscribing to the individual One Nation Radio uh, feed that helps out the show uh, as much as like uh, it helps out the show a whole great deal. Let's just say that uh, I'm also uh, working on, or actually, it's already finished. Uh, I have a big column coming about the junkyard dog that i woke up one day <clears throat> after finishing the king of new orleans for the second time i read the book in 2015 i read it this past month i finished it yesterday and i decided that i'm tired of the junkyard dog not being in the wrestling observer hall of fame and i'm going to do something about it uh you know i i didn't want to complain anymore i didn't want to come on the podcast and yell into the ether i didn't want to tweet about it i was like well 
What am I going to do? I'm going to hit the fucking pavement. I'm about to write a fucking killer column about this shit and like really push it through the ways I know how. So look forward to that coming probably sometime this week. It will be out for consumption. And then I probably at some point will do audio either like in a segment form here on this show or, um, you know, call in Josh and, and something like um, because this is a great injustice that, that has been going on with these voter percentages is stupid. And I lay out a column that pretty much, you know, destroys like anyone that has not voted for the junkyard dog yet. So look out for that soon. <laughs> All right. And when he um, has it up, we will, um, post a link to it uh, in the description whenever he uh, posts it. Obviously, the next show available for that. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, be sure to raise whatever app you're using to listen to this with. If you're watching from the live stream, click on the links to the Cash app, to the PayPal for donations. If you're listening from the podcast, look in the show notes or show description and go to the Red Circle link to uh, get to donations. Um, and listen to other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Besides one issue radio, you have Keeping a Strong Style the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grumman Watch This Shit, The Grave Consequences Podcast, 8-Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator, Meet the Press Slam, Get in the Ring, and AEW Match Guide. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.